Welcome to episode 31 of Inside Jogging Podcast. Thanks for downloading another episode in a week that's seen Boris ask everyone in the UK to get their COVID vaccine boosters before the new year. Josh took that as a message to fly halfway across the world to boost his red blood cells to a trip to altitude. Um, big week coming at you. We've got all the usual segments. And then big, I've said big too many times now. A good interview. I can't even say a good interview because it's my interview. An interview with Chris Thompson, um, all-round British legend. And he chats to us at length about the trial race, his injuries leading up to the trials, his his Olympic marathon. And he goes into his training diary and digs out a few sessions he did in the build-up to those. So, yeah, good stuff from Chris. Gave us plenty of time. So, yeah, definitely give that a listen afterwards. Josh? Over in the States now, what's your first thoughts of America, mate? Anything weird going on? Morning, chaps. Um, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot, really. There's a lot of things that I thought would be the same as England, pretty much, but very different. So, like, well, a bit of a lang- language barrier. I'm going to have to, I know everyone said that to me. Um, what I'll do is I'll write it down next week, every time I think something's weird, and I'll, I'll let you know next week. Good. But yeah, it's, it's going to be different here. to England. It's bloody America. Yeah, but they speak the same language. Actually, find... that's what I found. They pretty much find... don't. Didn't you find it a bit weird, though, Matt? Did Did you not find it different in in America? Just like you, you sort of assume that because they speak English, most of it will be very similar. But it's there's so many odd things that happen. Like they don't know what duvet is. They don't. What you talked to me about something earlier, Josh, which. I can't remember what you talked to me about. Oh, no radiators. Yeah, no radiators. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. <laughs> Sense of humour. Um, yeah, anyway. Also, also, a biscuit isn't a biscuit. It's something you have with, like, breakfast. Gravy. Yeah. Anyway, let's move yeah, on. Let's find that one. And uh, also, before we move on, why are we having dessert for breakfast? I don't know. I don't mind that. I don't understand that. I I could live with that. Sweet teeth, isn't it? So, what are you eating now, Josh? Anything good? I've got a a Cliff Bar. Oh, they love Cliff Bar. So American. Yeah, they do. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Clousy, you've been busy shopping, Christmas shopping in Chester today. Did you get Omicron or did you leave that for later in the week? Well... So far, so good. As I cough, um, yeah, I think uh, I think I've uh, managed to uh, escape it today. Even though the uh, the big Tesco today was, oh, it was traumatic. Um, Did you do your no, big all shop? Good. No, no big shop. Uh, I'm an uh, online food shopper myself, but um, I had to get some Christmas cards. Given that it's the nineteenth uh, of December, should uh, should think about that. When are you going to send them out? I'll send them out tomorrow. You think we're... Do you my address, Matt? Um, yeah, I'll send you one, Josh. So what, are you, what have you bought for the boys then? Um, a Christmas card, multi-pack of 12. <laughs> You'll get one of them each. 
Nice. Good work. Um, Josh, as you'll probably have the most interesting week out of all of us, why don't you kick us off this week? Talk us through your... That'll be the next 90 minutes. Your last seven... Well, we need need someone to (laughs) fill. (laughs) My week is terrible, as usual. Yeah, one second. Well, I can kick you off. You're in London, mate. Yeah, so... Yeah, hang on. Wi-Fi's not uh, not the fastest there. So, Monday morning... So yeah, so I raced. Um, I raced on Sunday at Telford. So start easier starts of the week, and I was um, yeah, as you said, I was in London uh, on Monday. So in the morning, did just over ten miles at six fifty ones. Um, that was around Bushy Park. Started um, pretty easy there. Um, I think the first five or six, we got down to like sort of six fifteens, which Matt probably wouldn't be too pleased about, but it's done now. So nice little, I didn't nice tell him on Monday night when we recorded. <laughs> nice little recovery run. Yeah, but I think, think that do you know what my heart rate has been uh, pretty good this week. Uh, okay, I won't so, find it because it'll be boring. So what was it? Um, and then in the, <laughs> so you say it's pretty good. So in the <laughs> in the evening, <laughs> four miles at six fifty eight. I am. Um, I went around. I was kind of. I didn't really know where I was going. And uh, Bushy Park is not lit at that time. Um, so when at like twenty past five, it was dark. I ended up running through Kingston Centre, which was interesting. And very very busy just before so, we re- recorded the pod isn't it yes it was yeah because i think i joined uh about five minutes ago so yeah um and then tuesday so oh, let me just mute my whatsapp um yeah tuesday morning so i had a bit of a compromise with matt so matt wanted me to do 15 miles or sorry 14 miles start off reasonably easy and then sort of i could pick up a bit um so i kind of not gave him an ultimatum. I gave I said gave him a suggestion, um, which I think he was sort of reluctantly agreed to. So I did a bit of a light session with Charlie Pergy. Um, so I did just over thirty minute warm up. So yeah, just about five five miles. Um, then we did four by three k off two minutes jog. Uh, the jog like wasn't really like that slow. It was sort of seven minute mile, and we ran sort of nine thirty to nine thirty five for them. Which felt pretty fine. I mean, my legs felt pretty recovered actually. Um, so yeah, I wasn't really really too concerned about that. Uh, and then three mile warm down. Any questions? So what does that total? Just take, uh, that was sixteen. Yeah. Uh, and then five miles in the east, and that was really slow. Seven thirty fives. Um, so yeah, that was Tuesday. So twenty-one miles. Aaron's got a smile on his face. Sir. Twenty-one, twenty-one mile, <laughs> twenty-one mile Tuesday after racing on Sunday. Sam's pretty sensible, but yeah, yeah. But it wasn't. It wasn't like hard. So like the the run in the evening was very slow. Um, what do you mean it wasn't hard? You ran eight eight and a eight point two mile at five twenty-fives. That's the pace. No, no. I mean the, the, the double in the evening was very easy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like that run. I, <laughs> Yes, I run five twenty-five to eight miles, but that felt very, very controlled. So, uh, yeah, I, the, my main reasoning for that is I knew I wouldn't be able to do any other quality for the rest of the week. So, I thought, well, I can do something reasonably light, and at least I've got something in. That was. And what did I say my, to you, uh, Josh? Probably don't do it, but if you can, if you want to, you can. <laughs> it's hard work. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so 
That brings us to Wednesday. So I flew on Wednesday. So got 10 miles in, 5.57 a.m. I thought it was pretty good going. I, was, I think I was uh, running before you, Matt, that morning. You um, were, mate. That was, yeah, that was uh, seven time. pretty much. Yeah, I just went literally up and down um, the river. But do you know what it amazes me? So it's pretty dark at that time, but you can see the path. The amount of people that run with head torches. The only time I couldn't see was when people had head torches. They just blind you. Pain in the ass, but there we go. What about cars and um, no, because it was literally I was literally by the river. So they, I probably saw ten people. No, probably even less than that. Seven people, which was uh, good. Um, then yeah, I obviously didn't run in the evening because I was flying. So by the time I got uh, to flag, it was like eleven o'clock at night. So oh, I he's, he's calling it flag already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I had been up like 25 hours or something stupid, so that's pretty tired. So yeah, I went to bed. Then first run in the morning, um, so we drove out just off a place called Lake Mary. Um, it's just like a nice, nice, it's pretty flat um, trail, so we just did uh, just under an hour. And Who's we? Uh, Pat and I, so Pat's who I'm staying with, Pat Casey. Um, so yeah, I was really sort of, con- not concerned, but very uh aware of what my heart rate was because i've never been to altitude before so um but yeah no i think i'm just trying to see what it was uh 135 so that was like my first run and did uh, yeah eight miles at 7 13 so i thought that was probably okay um, and what um, what, think, what altitude is that 2100 meters which doesn't really mean yeah, anything to me um, it's, it's and then similar to font, sorry, isn't it? I think font. No, it's like no, it's one thousand eight hundred. Yeah. Um, well, Pyrenees two thousands at two thousand meters. I, well, I um I googled it before, and it's font under. I'm pretty sure was one thousand eight hundred at the track, but up at the trail it's two thousand Pyrenees two thousand. If you say so. <laughs> oh yeah, I do say so. Um, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know because um. When I swear, when I went to Font, um, the the trail, the Pyrenees Two Thousand Trail, was Surely on, um, below. You had to could, drop down. It to could go be eighty. That. It could be eighty under me. It should be right. I just thought if I it's know, called I know I'm right. If it's called Two Thousand <laughs> If you know you're right, then let's have a discussion about last week and your your maths question. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, carry on. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, in the evening, uh, did five miles again, pretty easy, just seven, seven, uh, sixteens. Uh, I just went out on my own on f- for that one. Um, so it gets dark here about five o'clock. So I, fortunately with work, I, I was off last week, but with work, I, um, everyone's going to be asleep. So I can kind of run that time and, uh, no one, no one will mind. Josh, um, what's then, your, um, what was your, uh, first American meal? Panda Express in the airport. Oh, which is kind of like noodly things. Do you know what? I really liked it. My so I've had. What do we have here? I'm trying to think. Uh, ooh, I had Chipotle yesterday. That was quite good. Just like a burrito thing. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it so far. I'll keep that. I've got a few uh, like a little bucket list. I'm asking people to recommend to try. So. Um, nice. Yeah. So, 
I'm trying to think what day it would be on Friday. Yeah, it'll be Friday. So um, it was still too early really to do anything of quality. So I did uh, 10 miles, 704s. Now it's again, same road, like uh, Lake Mary Road. Um, and again, that, that, I felt all right actually. But the, I think the thing I've noticed is I don't feel that different running other than the first sort of mile or two. So the first mile, my lungs are like, I don't know if it's the cold more than the altitude actually. Probably. They feel just like when you're breathing, it's like, it's really hitting your lungs. Because so, I've averaged that. I found like at altitudes, it, I didn't feel any different on, on easy runs. It was only when I did hard stuff that you, you start to notice it. Especially, I found it especially hard on things like K reps when you're doing sort of, yeah, more intense stuff, but slightly longer. Like 400 meter reps is fine. But yeah, like K reps or 1200s or miles, they're a bit of a killer. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, like that run, I started, so I was, did the first three miles with the Under Armour group, so warming up. Um, we started at like 8.15 and my last like three miles was 6.30s. And again, my heart rate wasn't, it was like 140, I think. Um, so yeah, I feel, feel all right. Did um, you make some new friends? Yeah, I mean, we ran, we ran a bit. I um, ran most of it on my own though. It was the last like seven on my own. So are they thinking this um, this kid is like this professional Nike sponsored British guy, or <laughs> I, tell- I, when I'm in a group, I don't really, I don't really speak that much. Like I'm not the yeah. So you don't even the ask them. You d- you just sort of just happen to be there and just run alongside them. And they're like, no, 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 who's pa- this kid? Pa- pa- introduces me. <laughs> so he's like um, your he's like your pimp. My parent. <laughs> do they um, do they ask what your PRs are? No, we didn't actually really talk that much about running. To be honest, what are you speaking about? But, oh God, I can't really remember. That was like three days. Computer ago. games, live chats. No. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't talking that much. I was just sort of running. But, but I, I noticed that one because we stood around a little bit at the start. My feet were literally frozen. I don't know if you've had it where it's so cold you can't actually feel your feet probably took me like four miles before I could actually feel anything which is actually that's worse than worse than anything so how cold is it um so depending on what time you run it really changes like pretty quick so this morning I ran at like quarter to nine and it was minus five um but if you go any earlier than that you can get down that I think the last couple of days it got down to sort of like minus 14 um but then you can run at like half nine ten it'd be like two three degrees I think at 10 o'clock today it was five degrees tropical so, it yeah it's uh, the thing is it's like i don't know if you've ever been skiing when the sun comes out it's actually quite pleasant yeah. so like yesterday i ran in tights um we dropped down a little bit but i could easy easy run in shorts um so yeah so i did i didn't double on friday night i was debating it i thought that might be sensible and that will kill me um so we uh long, uh long ran on sunday this week so um dropped down to beaver creek which is i think Oh, long, you long run on, on Saturday, you mean, not Sunday? Oh, yeah, sorry, did I say Sunday? Yeah, yeah Saturday. Uh, meant Saturday, um, which is 3,800 feet. So you can do a conversion quickly, try and work what that is in metres. It's about a third um, so, in metres. Uh, yeah, I really, I'm not I sure. think it is. But basically, Matt wanted me to be 16. So I sort of said, well, if we're going a bit lower, can I go a bit more? Um, so funny enough i actually didn't have any signal where we when we started 
Oh, so yeah. I was trying to guess what Matt would say. And I thought, I really, I know a few guys were going 20. And I was like, I really want to go 20. Um, and it was actually a bit quicker than I anticipated. So and it's a, I don't know if you've ever seen or seen the elevation of my run. It was pretty hilly, like very up and down. Um, so I think it was like 1,400 um, feet elevation in that run. Uh, 1300 elevation um, and we averaged 6.27 so I did 18 um, and actually when I got back to my car I got a bit of signal and Matt had said you can go 18 so as long as your heart rate is less than 155 it was like 147 so yeah I was pretty pleased to get that um, and that was quite nice we had quite a big group around with the um, NAU guys um, and a couple of the Under Armour guys as well that was fun did you make any friends? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you can ask it on every run. <laughs> it was a very uh, there was a, a lot of nationalities there. We had some uh, Kiwis, had South African. Do you know what a Kiwi is? is? Fruit. <laughs> and then there was yeah two uh, two New Zealand guys, um, and then obviously yeah, a couple of Americans as well. So yeah, it was good. Um, and then this morning I've just done eight miles, six fifty fives. And I'm going to do five miles tonight, and that'll be my week. So you're going to end up doing five and a half miles tonight, aren't you? Oh, uh, have I worked this out wrong? You're not. Oh yeah, we'll be doing five and. Yeah, I should, I should have done half a mile this morning more. You're doing five miles. I thought tonight, I was. Yeah. Please, you're yeah, just, I'll do five just, miles tonight. Just five miles. See and if you can do it. Five point four. No more. No, <laughs> don't do. Half, don't do the half point a mile four. of strides. <laughs> Yeah, You're that's killing. my week. So when are you going to start doing sessions? Um, workouts. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you started? Uh, on Tuesday, I think. I'm um, just sort of, sort of seeing who's here because quite a few people are going back home for Christmas. Um, so I'm just sort of seeing who's about to jump in. Oh, yeah. So if anybody, any of the listeners out there are listening from Flagstaff, or flag as Josh calls it now. If you want to um, give Josh some company on Christmas Day, he's just told me he's going to be alone. So if any <laughs> listeners care for Josh and want to go see him on Christmas Day, then yeah, I think he'd like that. Specifically cook for me. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. And also on that note, if uh, any listeners want to send me some decent tea bags, message me on Instagram because tea bags are terrible. I mean, as you've been telling me and Clousey all week that most of these runners out there are millionaires, you'd, I would have thought they could afford tea bags and at, de- at least some decent Wi-Fi signal because, you know, it's pretty terrible. So, yeah, they need to up their contracts by the sound of it. No? I think give him, I have nothing give to it, say. I'd say give him another two weeks. No, get another week. He'll be somewhere at somebody's house for Christmas Day because he's making yeah. so many friends. <laughs> he is. No, it's a solid week, mate. Um, and you're you meant to have Ross Skelton with you. Do you want to tell us what happened to Ross? Oh, yeah. So Ross, um, as you would do a couple of days before a flight, went to a, a party. Um, and he's now got COVID, so he failed his fit to fly. So he is no longer. Uh, but I don't. I don't know what his plans are. Um, if I was him, I'd be coming out in a couple of days after he's sort of done his isolation. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what he's doing really. Silly Fair. sausage. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Right. 
Matt, let's move on to you. Um, have you have you got any comments about Josh's week? Like, I always like to hear from your perspective what your your thoughts on his week are because it often how long have you got differs very much from the interpretation that Josh gives. It's only positive. Well, um, I said to Josh to just run easy all week, given that he raced hard on Sunday at Telford. He's going to be flying halfway across the world. Uh, it's going to be a different time zone. He's going to be at altitude. Um, but yeah, it, but just got, sometimes you've just got to just got to let him let him be free and just let him fly but, his wings. Let him fly. <laughs> Other than Tuesday, I think I pretty much have done that, haven't I? Yes, I think if you look back at your training, uh, the mileage I gave you was maybe a little bit less. He's compromised. Uh, he he yeah. told me he was going to do 130. So he's compromised a fair bit. He's already texted me to say, can I do more next week? And he's already run 100 this week. <laughs> um, so there we so go. How many weeks to... Is it eight weeks to Seville? I think nine, I think. It's eight more solid weeks of training. Yeah, yeah, eight weeks. Of well, seven weeks as of tomorrow, well, yeah. I think it's eight weeks today, is it not? The race? Yeah. Nine weeks. As in nine weeks, okay. Mm. Yeah. Cool. If it happens, I mean, as COVID is at the minute, I'm not sure it's even mm. going to take place. Yeah, I was thinking that today. But I guess Manchester's the backup. Yeah, all the boys in Manchester, follow me. <laughs> it's looking more probable now. Excellent. Right, Clarity, sorry, let's go into your week. All right, so um, Monday, uh, 13th. It's still the 13th. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Let's go with it. Yeah, so let's go with it. Um, 5.28 a.m., Josh. Um, just to let you know four miles easy 741 um, I think you did actually comment on that one I oh, know it was Tom Holloway we'll come to Tom I later a, I think it's a 5.30am club uh, comment um, evening run seven miles 7.27 pace uh, Tuesday my legs are still battered uh, my legs were trash for pretty much half the week. Um, I don't know whether it was the, the downhill bit of Telford or it was trying to turn corners, but one of the two. Um, so I didn't do anything Tuesday, just easy ran. So just over 10 miles plus weight, 7.10 pace. Um, then I did go out again and just did an easy four miles, just under sevens. Um Wednesday was just a little bit of a longer run, 12 miles, 6.53 pace. Um, Josh did comment on this one, trying to be the uh, really big balls late leaving today. So there we go. <laughs> I reckon that'll be the only time you run uh, before six o'clock or, well, I can say all year, but we're near the end of it now. So, um I hope so it is. That was Wednesday, uh, Thursday. So I kind of wanted to get something in, but nothing crazy. So um, 
I wanted to start sort of getting a little bit of marathon training in of some sort. So didn't want to go really long. So um, I ended up doing just over 60 miles. Uh, kind of wanted to hit around 5.45. Ended up running 5.43, which is pretty much bang on. Um, nothing to report there. Actually, was Dan it... Weston jumped in for a few miles with me as well, which is quite nice. So was that steady, steady pace for, at 5.45-ish all the way? Yeah, pretty much. I think I started at, yeah, I started at like 550. Um, There's a few faster miles in there, but the idea was to just kind of get something in relatively steady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw Owen Knight commented saying solid kilo mara. What's a kilo mara? A a kilometer mara? Is that what what it is? is can't. Is it 42k? 26.2k. No, it must be, isn't it? It must be. Ah, 20. there we are. There you go. Yeah. I got there. Good work. Um, yeah, I was a bit confused on that one as well. Um, well, thanks, Owen. Appreciate it. So Appreciate mate. the support. <laughs> um, so that was Thursday, Friday. Um, just t- just over 10 miles, 7.14 pace. Nice and easy. Um Yeah. Oh, Ram and Dan again there. Tell you what, me and Dan this week, we've been training all week. We're going to have to get our little uh, Rex and Track Club going. Um, Saturday was just an easy eight miles plus hills and weights, seven, ten pace. Um, getting the hills up a little bit more now. So I'm doing six by 20 second hills. And then today... It's a bit of a whistle-stop tour, my week. Um, so, um, obviously, I had a little something long in at the start of the week, so wanted to get um, a little bit of quality in to finish off the week. So, i tell you what, this morning, boys, it was not getting light for ages. Has it been... Found that it's been so, here, it's been really foggy since Thursday evening. Is it foggy in Wrexham, too? Oh, really foggy. Yeah. I don't think, I think even when I, even when I started the tempo, it's still dark pretty much. Um, so one question fa- for you though, has your watch struggled to get signal these last couple of days? Um, it, not, it's not been too bad actually. Just obviously it's something in Stamford. I thought it might be the fog, but it's obviously not. I'm not sure. You have a polar, don't you? Yeah, but somebody else had a Garmin. Yeah. They had the same issue. I was going to say, Garmin, I had a notification on my Garmin app yesterday saying the servers were down temporarily. Ah, uh, okay. Or something. It's probably, so it that's probably just flag where that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to your 10 mile tempo because it's a good one. Let's go. Um, yeah, so I don't, yeah, let's signal for mine. I guess maybe because I'm out of the sticks. I don't know. Um, so the plan was to sort of run around five minute mile in and I did this on the the smaller loop because there's there's two loops around the estate if people uh, are listening know the Wrexham industrial estate there's a there's a bigger loop which is a 10k loop and this is the the smaller loop it's like 3.7 miles 
they're just over 5k um and this is i think i've said this a few times but this is the loop where the rex of marathon courses um so the plan was to sort of start at around i don't know five flat to sort of 505 i think the first mile was just under five so i was like well just sort of stick at that 457 it was 456 um so yeah just pretty much stuck at that the whole way around um i think yeah i went through 10k in about 30 40 maybe just under 30 40 so yeah overall it was pretty decent um felt really comfortable i think i still managed to stay on the threshold so averaged it uh, heart rate was 168 for that one solid good um, tempo um, yeah it was good um, got the old local legend which is great that's going to be popping up um, pretty much every week now for the next eight weeks the one with mine and Josh's name on it yeah that's the one um, but yeah it's one of them when it's so misty um, it was like two or three degrees I mean it says it felt like zero um, but it was so like uh, misty and humid that it was weirdly warm but then cold at the same time um, and you're like soaked when you finish but I don't know it's one of, it's a bit of a weird sort of climate today mm. Alright Josh I was going to say nothing you said then just made sense to me it was warm, cold I think it's cold, foggy, so humid when you, when you get wet, when you get sweaty when it's sometimes humid it's then cold when you sort of, I don't know, you get a bit of wind on you or, or something. It, you can feel pretty cold. but Yeah, I can see the wind, to be fair. I guess with it being humid as well. Um, but, yeah, it was all right. Um, nothing to report on that one. I think I've got, yeah, we've got, me and Josh, we've got seven or eight weeks now. And it's almost like, fitness-wise, uh, for me, I'm in a good place. but. Um, I'm trying not to get, it's going to sound a bit weird, but trying to get too fit too early as well. So um, <clears throat> trying to keep some of these harder tempos at bay now and then sort of get back to the longer stuff for these next few weeks. Well, is it interesting you say that? Because in the chat to Chris Thompson later, he, he talked about his training before the trials and he, 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 he had a, an accident with his hand he caught it um, against the wall between a lorry and it, he basically had, a, had to have an operation. So he, he couldn't run for two weeks. So he could do nothing for two weeks. And so he came back to running six weeks out and then about five weeks out, he started doing some sessions and they were incredible. And he thought it was before, you know, before he got injured, before he did, had the accident, he thought he was too fit. So it, that break actually helped him probably run the time he did the trials so it's not always a bad well, you know sometimes you can get too fit I suppose well this is what I'm saying to Josh right like you can you can because you know Josh ran just under 30 minutes uh, last weekend debatable. Um, so debatable. still debatable but POT power of 10 the power of 10 let's put it down at sub 30 so we can't so I, I've, put, I've put a complaint into Tim Gross, don't I? But um, but it's one of them as well. It's like I think I think this is 
is where a lot of marathon runners may get wrong. I mean, I mean, obviously, I've got a lot of marathons wrong myself, but it's almost like if you're starting a block and you're already in semi-decent 10K shape and then that trajectory just keeps going high and high and higher at, like, you know, week six of your block and then you're ready to race and you've still got two or three weeks, it's almost like you want to climb when you get to the peak and then race. So um, I know Josh is very sort of excited to train and run 300 miles a week, but there's all, there's also that sort of um, step-by-step process of, and this is to any listeners, you know, is to make sure you're doing each week uh, step-by-step. So you're getting to that race actually still sort of fresh and not fried. Yeah. And have cutback weeks or easy weeks in your block you don't exactly. have to do every single week getting progressively and, better and that's the thing isn't it is that i think runners are scared to just have an easy week of just jogging you're not losing anything it's it's i think it's only the the mental side of it as far as you think you're gonna lose yeah. some sort of fitness and you're not so quite the opposite so um 88 uh, miles a week so uh, i'll start to do a little bit more but to be honest I'll probably stick around sort of that mileage for the block. Cool. Well, talk about my, let's go into my running. It was a disaster this week. So I'll go into it. The running won't take long to talk about. So Monday, um, I thought, like you, Matt, I was going to have an easy start to the week and potentially do something a bit quicker at the, the weekend or Friday. Um, so I had all good ideas, but Monday I was, I was really sore and yeah, just pretty beat up from the half marathon. So I just did an easy, easy hour of Ruth. Um, she, she got a few stitches on the run. So had a few little, like nice little stops, which helped. Um, but yeah, the run wasn't too bad, but pretty much as soon as I got back from the run, I felt, I didn't feel like I was just tired from the race. I felt just, yeah, completely knackered, really. And it turns out I had a cold. So that cold pretty much stayed with me. Well, Tuesday, it was pretty bad. So I thought I'm not going to run Tuesday. Wednesday, Wednesday was also pretty bad. But I had my booster jab on Wednesday afternoon. So I was like, I did a lateral flow. It wasn't COVID. So I was like, do you know what? I might as well have... You did a lateral flow before? Before the... On the Wednesday... On the Tuesday and the Wednesday. Ah, okay. And, I mean, they're not very accurate anyway, are they? Let's be honest. But, yeah, it was negative. Um, my, my cough was a bit chesty, so maybe... I don't think it was COVID. But anyway, I thought I might as well have the booster because in my mind what I've heard is quite a few people have had side effects from the booster. So as I was ill anyway, I might as well get a bit more ill. You know, (laughs) that's the logic I had in my head. And yeah, I had the booster and felt pretty ropey for 36 hours. So, um, so basically I had Tuesday to Friday off running and what was on the menu? What menu? What did you have? The booster what, menu. Oh, the booster. Um, I had Moderna as my booster. 
So, yeah, I've heard a few people. My, well, my wife had her boost the same afternoon as I did. And we were both terrible on Thursday. So we had to, had to get the mother-in-law around to look after Eliza. So Friday, I felt a bit better. But Eliza had a hospital appointment in Leicester, which is like an hour away. So I said, I'll drive you across there. Turns out I couldn't go into the hospital. And we left at 10 past eight. I didn't get home till like quarter to two. The hospital appointment was like two hours. They were doing tests for, for like allergic tests. So that was a waste of my day. Um, so I probably could have run on Friday, but by the time I got back, I was just tired and could be asked. So, so yeah, solid, solid starts of the week. Um, Saturday, I thought I might as well run now because I felt fine. But as you said, Matt, it was pretty misty and cold. And you know, when you've had a cold and you go out in the cold, it gets on your sinuses a bit. And it's like my nose was stinging. And I thought, there's no point pushing this. And I'm also, to be honest, I was pretty worried about doing the same as I did a few months ago and causing issues with my heart rate and stuff. So I kept an eye on it. And the good news was my heart rate average was, what, 136, 7 for that 10K. So heart rate-wise, it was absolutely fine. So I wasn't, wasn't doing any damage. Um, and so, yeah, just did 10K Saturday. This morning, I thought, again, there's no point pushing it. So I'll join. I joined Philippa for an easy 90 minutes. We did. 12 and a half mile at 7.14. And I think my heart rate was 120, no, 130 average for that. So, so yeah, um, I think I'm recovered. So I'm hoping I can get back into the swing of things properly next week. It's just a shame that I was, yeah, finally back kind of into the swing of things, done a race, ready to sort of push on for the next block and, had another cold like it's so rare that I, I used to get ill and all of a sudden this year there's a lot of stuff going around and I coach quite a few athletes and the amount of texts I've had this week of people being ill or their partners having COVID or somebody they know having COVID and isolation it's it's incredible and I think a lot of people are being safe with Christmas so um, it's fair enough but but yeah, I'm just glad I've not got the same issue as I did after I had a cold last time. But yeah, that's so, my week. Um, how do you feel now, triple doser? Yeah, invincible, mate. Um, I was in, to be honest, right, I don't, I don't like to get political or anything on the show, but I saw your tweet, Klaus, in it. I completely agree. Um, I have no idea why people don't want to get vaccinated because... You know, we we spend our we spend our lives like listening to doctors' advice. You know, if if a doctor tells me to do something, I'm pretty much going to do it. I've had vaccines for MMR, for measles, for stuff at school, and you never think twice about it. So, yeah, I, I'd much rather follow people who are much more intelligent about those sort of things than me. So I, I don't understand these anti-vaxxers against having a vaccine it's it's bonkers so so yeah i even though i had the issues after my last one i thought 
you know what, might as well just get protected. It's free of charge, isn't it? So I'd rather Absolutely. I'd rather be safe and try and get back to some normality. I just wish the rest of the country did the same. I'm uh, I'm booked in booked in with mine tomorrow morning. Moderna. I don't know, mate. I could be a bit Pfizer. I'm a Pfizer man for the one and two. I just that's why uh, I, had, I don't know. Don't they mix it? So I've had five as Pfizer one and two, but then I think they mix it because it's a better you get a better protection, something like that. Right. I'm acting like I know stuff about it. I have no idea, mate. I just got it done. Get Josh, have you had your booster? No, I, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no no idea. Uh, to be honest, I don't even know where my, doc, my doctor's register is. So I probably should sort that when I get back. Just get one in flag, mate. Probably cost me about three grand or something. Yeah, get the American one. That must be good. You'll get the Bill Gates chip. Well, I, I, I've never even heard of the one that some of the guys here have. Apparently, they're saying that one of them, you're actually retracting from people now. It's so bad. What do you mean, retracting? As in, they're like injecting you to take it back out or some, I don't know. Or like cancer out, I don't know. Someone was saying about it. Can't be true. Apparently so. What, they gave people a vaccine that they're now taking out of them? Do you believe everything people tell you? (laughs) Well, I'll Google it whilst whilst you do your next thing. Hang on. Yeah, you Google it. I'm interested. That is, that's excellent. And I've not heard... Honestly, if that's correct, that's incredible. That sums up. So like, like you're trying to get a refund. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, that's my training week. Next week will be better. Christmas week, I'm going for the big 100 miles back. Yes. Got some more time. I'm, to be honest, I'm motivated. It's just a shame that I felt so, so, so bad. And yeah, I think I underplayed it. I think the last issues I had... It was, like, I suppose when you had it, Kaiser, it is pretty scary. Like, when your heart rate's going up to stuff you've never seen before. And, yeah, I've now got a child and things. It's, yeah. I don't want to be too selfish and cause myself any... Yeah, you just got to be careful. At the end of the day, though, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, if, if, you, if you're ill or something's going on with your health, just... Knocked everyone on the head. Yeah, exactly. Recover. Like yeah. I just, I don't get why people try and run through. Like, oh, I'm, I'm ill, but I'm gonna keep running because I've got to keep running. It's like, well, no. Like sometimes it's actually better to just recover, and you, you, you know, your body's screaming out at you to like recover and rest. It is, but as runners, and I've, I've always been that way. I struggle. Like, it's, you just think you're being a bit soft. You're like, I'm not that ill. Surely I go for a run. And you're like. Just the older I've got, the more I'm like, no, you don't need to run today. It's not going to make any difference. So, so yeah. Exactly. Um, anyway, while Josh is looking up vaccine retraction, um, <laughs> Western, has Western got any wise words for us this week, Matt? Or is he? Oh, we've got a we've got a great one this week. Okay, you go. Let's go to Western's wise words. All right. So uh, we've tried to uh, keep them sort of running related uh, to the listeners. So uh, this week's uh, ever wondered when going into public toilets, which cubicle to use? If there's more than one, you want the cleanest one, the toilet roll, so that you'll be you'll so that you'll be the least 
so that you'll so that'll be the least used one god i'm not this isn't great is it um research has been done to show that the first cubicle you get to use is the least uh, used one and everyone skips the first one also the first one is usually skipped because of privacy however <laughs> western's advice is to use the second closest one because research is now becoming well known so more people are going to go to the first. <laughs> so there you go. So, so basically, essentially... go, go to the second cubicle because the first one is the best, but apparently everybody reads toilet research. Is that, that's what you're saying, yeah? Exactly, yeah. So um, if you're in a recent event, as I'm a terrible reader. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, it's in. It's in. It's uh, just the way part. it's constructed. Uh, so if you, so if you go to the first one, um, uh, Western will be in there. So go to the second one. Throw go. That's uh, that's Western's wise words. Uh, but it's true, isn't it? I, I always bet. think you always you always you do always skip the first one if you're out uh, before a race. You always seem to go to the not the furthest one, but the middle ones. Um, I heard the other day that in a toilet cubicle on the written on the written on the wall above where you go to the urinals, somebody had just written the joke is in your hands, mate. Well, that's pretty good. Um, anyway, yeah, that's good on. very good. Patron, have you got your documents open, boys? I think Klaus is kicking us off. Yeah. So, um, Tom Squires. Afternoon, Squire. Thank you, Squire. Um, Tom is from Croxley Green, maybe originally uh, from Worcestershire. Uh, PBs for Tom, uh, 5K, 16.42, 10K, 35.32, 1.17 for the half and 2.54 for the marathon. Interesting fact, runs for Watford Joggers is an Aston Villa fan, makes electronic and ambient post-rock sounds <laughs> from London for Ru- Rubik's. Yeah, Rubik's I think his sounds. I don't know if it's a band or whatever, but it's called Rubik's Sounds, I think it is. Check him out. Um, and he's also healed from Lyme disease. So thank you, Tom, for your support. Yeah, Tom, I think you've got some work to do on your marathon there, mate. So I think you can knock that down a few few minutes. I'd sounds, agree. Sounds like a clousy debut marathon, that 254. Um, Not far off. Yeah. But yeah, interesting. He's got a couple of profiles as Tom and looks like he's pretty big into his music. So I don't know if he's any good. I'm not that up to date on my electronic and ambient post-rock sound. So um, any listeners that, that are into that thing, check them out. Josh, who you got? And he freezes. Yeah, he's back. Right, I've got still, uh, still Tom Holloway. I think uh, is my internet okay? It's Tom Holloway, isn't it? What did I say? Holloway. Oh, Holloway. Yeah, Tom Holloway. So he's maybe from Rome. He's got PBs fifteen forty five, thirty three thirty five, seventy five twenty eight. And the marathon two fifty three. So again, I think he can definitely cut 
cut a fair chunk off that. Um, so interesting fact about Tom, he's completing his doctorate in education, liked his last Instagram picture so much he posted it twice. Um, he's one of our top fans, loves a DM nearly as much as I do, and also enjoys a night tracksuit. And I must say, he actually inspired me to get my last uh, my night tracksuit. So shout out to Tom. Thank you very much. Mate. He's also an ex clousy athlete. Tom isn't from Rotherham, he's from Stoke. Well, he's from Rotherham now, isn't he? He lives, well, he lives I think, I thought he was Sheffield. Oh, uh, who knows? I'm, I'm sure you'll correct us. Yeah, somewhere. He's from somewhere. Anyway, is he from Stoke, is he? He is, yeah. Stoke man. Good man, Tom. Um, Thanks, Tom. So, I've got Alan McDougall, who potentially is from Coventry, but I could be wrong. He's got PBs of 1951 for 5K. 41.13, 10K, 92 minutes for half and three hours 13 for the full marathon. Interesting fact about Alan, he runs for Massey Ferguson Running Club. And when I saw Massey Ferguson Running Club, all I... Tractors. Yeah, tractors. They make tractors, don't they? I'm a good tractor boy. Um, but apparently they've got a running club. I looked into it and they do. They started a running club in Coventry. So it's obviously where their, their factory is. Um, it looks like he got into a sport via park run and he's made plenty of visits to Coventry Park Run. And he's actually lowered his park run time from 27 minutes in, in 2012 to to sub that, that sub 20 in, in 2018. So some decent progression there, Alan. And um, yeah, thanks to all the all the patrons. Um, we'll thank another another three next week. And if you want to sign up to some bonus content and some early show releases, go over to patreon.com forward slash inside jogging podcast and sign up and support the show um and you can sort you can maybe pay for josh's wi-fi bill and and yeah we'll get clousy a microphone so he can articulate uh western or some, or some reading classes <laughs> yeah um cool listen to questions let's go go into those clouds you got the first one all right so this uh question comes in from graham wilkinson um so he asks difference between Vaporfly and Alphafly. Uh, I am in a hole as to what to run the marathon in. If you had to run a marathon tomorrow, what would you run in? Go on, Josh. Um, marathon tomorrow, I'd go. I think marathon full stop, I'd run an Alphafly. Anything less than that, I think I'd go Vaporfly. It's kind of, I, I think about this on a regular basis, probably every other day. Um, genuinely <laughs> and yeah I think anything less than a marathon I think you can get away with vapor fly why, why, why did you fly? Um, because I think when you get to about 20 miles and your legs are in pieces you're kind of just getting pushed forward and it's just it's just so easy like genuinely you I felt like my legs were barely moving at the end of London like genuinely barely moving and they were still just sort of if you look at the pictures, they're actually moving not so bad. It was just my um, turnover that was slowing down. And they're a lot more cushioned at the bottom as well in the forefoot. So I find they help me uh, quite a lot. Cool. Matt? So, what, um, so, Josh, what did you... You raced in Alpha Flyers in both uh, marathons. Yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. My, only, my only thought is... Um, I've had them in the past and I popped both both shoes 
Um, so I'm a little bit concerned if, you know, if you're a heavier gentleman um, running in them, um, what if what if they pop? Surely, surely that's just. A I, I'd be interested to see Matt why they popped. Yeah, they both both shoes popped. When did do you know when they popped? Just on tempo. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I would have thought they would actually be better for for the heavier type runner because there's just more cushioning in them. So that's why. Would assume they would be better for, but um, but yeah, I my thoughts are I probably still go Vaporfly. I've always raced in Vaporfly, and I raced in Alphafly at that half marathon the other weekend, and they're good. Like I like Alphafly, nothing against them. I just they do feel a bit more clumpy, but maybe that's a good thing in the marathon. I I think I'd like to try them in a marathon. I just, I just know the Vaporfly work, I suppose. And my, yeah. look, I look at what a lot of a lot of the top people are running in. It still seems to be Vaporfly, but is that just because that's all they've got given to them? I don't know. Because Kipchoge wears Alphafly, right? They mix the matches, to be honest. Does he? Okay. Yeah, I think they're both excellent shoes. At the end of the day. Um, I think um, I think uh, it's two two versus one here, isn't it? So I'd say uh, for Graham, go for the fly. Well, are you? I don't know. If you want to run, if you want to run the fastest marathon out of the three of us, I'd go for the Alphafly. Well, I ran I ran two sixteen in Vaporfly. Ah oh, bollocks! <laughs> so there you go, Graham. <laughs> um, I coach Graham, so I might have to have this conversation with him. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I do you know what? I listened to a podcast, a shoe geeks on inside running podcast, and they actually done some research on on the benefits of the super shoes. And I believe Alphafly actually came out pretty similar to Vaporfly. So there you go. Um, whatever feels more comfortable to you, probably. It, because I don't think the differences between the two are, are going to be, they're both going to be excellent, I think, is, is the end result. Um, right, Josh, you got the next question? Yeah, so this comes from Rob Howard. So what is your shoe rotation, uh, mileage, long run sessions and races? Kick us off, Josh. Okay, so for me, my mileage shoe, I've run in the structures, Nike structures uh, and the Nike Invincibles. Um, and then, I mean, I run in them for long runs as well. Like, I don't really change unless I'm doing like a session for my long runs. I don't really change my shoe because um, I think you can still run reasonably quick and structures to be honest. Uh, and in sessions, I generally just wear next percents. Um, sometimes I flies, but generally just next percents. Um, unless it's on the track, and I'll probably wear dragonflies. Uh, and then racing, uh, probably probably next percent most of the time, and then alpha flies for marathons. Matt, what you got? Um, so for mileage um, is New Balance 880s. Not the new version, because the new version is a crap. So uh, strictly version 10. Um, 
long runs the same. It depends if I'm doing a steady state long run. Um, I sometimes go for uh, ASICS Evo ride. Um, and then sessions, races, depending on the session, uh, it'll either be, if it's on the track, it'll be an ASICS um, Tartha Edge. Um, if it's something sort of fast, but if it's something um, a little longer, I'd probably opt for a Vaporfly. Um, and then racing, um, it's generally Vaporflies. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, I've, I've recently got the Invincibles for easy runs. I've also got some React, Nike React Milers. Is that what they're called, Josh? I want to say that's what they're called. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. They're a bit lighter than... They're a bit firmer, actually, than Invincible. So they're pretty good. I've used in the past, I've used Clifton a lot for the Hocker Clifton for easy running. Um, to be honest, I get on with most shoes for easy running. I just want something really soft and comfortable. I don't, I don't need it to feel responsive or fast. I want it to be, be cushioned for my easy runs. Um, long runs, yeah, pretty much the same. Actually, I, I've got a, quite a few pairs of um, Carbon X and Carbon X2 that I actually wear on my long runs at the moment just because I've got them so I might as well use them. Um, I don't think they're good enough for sessions. I don't like them for sessions. Whereas for a steady state long run, they're probably better than a, I wouldn't want to do it in, in Invincible because it's a bit too soft. Um, and sessions, again, yeah, like, like Matt, I might wear a Vaporfly if I'm doing something, something longer and faster and I want to recover off the back of it. But if not, I've got loads of old racing flat type stuff that I'll put on. I've got some carbon rockets that I'll use on the grass or um, I think I've even got some, yeah, what have I got? I've got an ASICS. I think, I've, I, think I might have a, the same one as you said which I've used on the grass because it's got, is it the one that's got a bit of grip on the bottom? It's got like a... No, them Evo rides are crap. No, the Tarfazal. Uh, yeah, they, got, they are a bit grippy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll put those. Um, but yeah, if I'm on the grass in the summer, then I'll just put on a, a like a basic racing flat, to be honest, because it doesn't, I don't really need, need to be wearing a, a vapor fly on the grass. Anymore, mate, you want to reel off? I've got loads of shoes, haven't I? <laughs> Hundreds. Um, anyway. What, what, are your, what are your going out shoes? Are you going to put them on? I've got some Ted Baker brogues. There you go. Um, anyway, right. Um, actually, I've got some... What have I got? Air Max 360s, Josh. I reckon I could run a decent tempo in them. Josh has got sliders. Good colourway, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Right, last question comes in from Bob Bob Kennedy. He's the American guy, so Ben Kennedy. Um, Christmas challenge, boys. How many push-ups can you do in one minute? No, Josh, not on your knees. I think we need to do this because I am terrible at push-ups. Clousy, how many do you reckon you can do in a minute? Can we can we do this and record it after? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I reckon I could knock out thirty. Is that easy for you to knock out 30? Um, not really, no. I don't do push-ups. I just, yeah. like, lift weights over my head. Okay. 
30. Josh, what are you saying? I reckon I could do 30 in a minute. Oh, I'd love to see this. Yeah, I reckon I could do 30. I reckon yeah, I could. Josh, you'll be, pack, you'll be packing corn. I reckon I could get about 20 tops. What does pecking corn mean? Where you just nod your head down. Yeah. <laughs> pecking corn like a chicken. Yeah. yeah, I reckon that as well. Well, in between Christmas and New Year, boys, let's let's get this done and we'll feed back to you, Ben. And we'll yeah. But any yeah, any other listeners, how many push-ups you can do in one minute? If you can get over 60, I'll be impressed. Any less than that, don't bother sending them to me, to be honest. But yeah. Um, should we go to some news? Um, I'll kick off. Cardiff, Cardiff indoors was today. Um, some good performances from, I think Jenny Nesbitt ran 8.44 over the 3K, which is, I want to say, second on the Welsh list, potentially. Um, and ninth on the UK list. So, yeah, good run from Jenny. And on the men's side, Piers Copeland won the race in 7.59 from Ossie and Perrin, who was third all-time Brit under 20 in 8.01. And then behind him was James Hennigan and Dan Jarvis in 8.04 and 8.06. Wasn't Jake meant to be running? Or is that another one he's doing? Yeah, he, he withdrew this week. He's having a break. I would know that if I called him and did my segment that I was meant to do but I didn't so so yeah that's the news I sound um I sound Perrin as well yeah I said that he yeah. was I did third, third on the all-time Brit under 20 list beta one very impressive has he cut his hair yet <laughs> no he's not it's Oshin as well not Oshin Oshin sorry it's really bad um it's beautiful hair I wish I, I wish I had hair like that he is lovely right um have you boys got a document open? Battersea? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Battersea Five Miler. So, it's, it's called Friday Night Under the Lights. Um, so, Mohammed Mohammed won that in 23-20. Um, he was chased down by Liam D. He ran 23-23. I think uh, I saw a couple of pictures from that. I think Mohammed had quite a big lead and uh, Liam chased, basically did chase him down. Um, and then Matt Bergen came third in 23-42. Um Lucy Reed took the women's victory in 26-26 and she held off Nicola, um, Nicole Taylor, who finished uh, second in 26-30 and Tess McCormick finished third in 27. Yeah, I think Josh is... There's a pretty in, quick times actually. Yeah, yeah, I think your internet was going a bit, but um, yeah, there's plenty of men under 24 minutes and I think seven ladies under 30. So it's been, I think me and Matt didn't mention the last week in the UK has been pretty still there's not been much wind at all it's been a lot of mist but but for once we've had yeah pretty good conditions really so I imagine it was pretty nice around Battersea um the next one Clousey I only put in for 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 the man who won it Phil Nichols yeah he's back is that Phil Nichols Tipton Phil Nichols yeah throwback yeah he's back He's back with a bang. A very good win. I assume he did win it, yeah. Um, 25-39 to beat uh, Jack Bonzer. So, um, Phil, so Phil is a, a GB representative on, on the cross, potentially on some other things as well. He's been on, yeah, pretty 
pretty decent yeah. runner from I thought he'd last time I saw him he was trying to do London Marathon and he'd just blown his calves out but potentially the year that you ran as well Clousey Phil was doing that then yeah um, that's what happened to me yeah but anyway he's um he's back the old man is back the old man's Phil. back yeah good to see him back uh, and for the women's side Amelia Samuels um, she won in 27-15 yeah which is pretty uh, rapid isn't it it's very quick yeah. yeah Lauren Cooper was second in 28 51 and Lauren Evans was third in 32-51 the last result I've got is from the Ronnie Saltwell 10k up I presume on the northeast way because Ali Dixon took the win it's her eighth win in a row she she won in 37-01 um, I saw on her Instagram she won a was it a bottle of whiskey is whiskey, isn't it? Famous grass. Is that whiskey? It's whiskey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she won some whiskey, which is nice. Nice little prize. And on the men's side, Callum Johnson, who's the current holder of the, let me get this right, the national cross country title, the northern cross country title, and the northeast cross country title. Um, he took the win, just missing out on sub 30 and 39. So, yeah, some decent racing up, up north, but but yeah, a bit of a quieter re- weekend on the racing front. And um, there was a few cross countries going on, but I haven't had time to look at the results. But yeah, um, I presume these next couple of weeks is going to be pretty quiet as well. What have we got? Have we got um, Ribble Valley on between Christmas and New Year? Oh, yeah. What's the date on that? Is it like the, is it the day after Boxing Day? It's about 27th, 28th. Well, it's usually on the... The, the weekend in between but because Christmas is a weekend I have no idea so it's always a good one to do I, didn't you go out leading that one year uh, yeah probably no, didn't, that, finish, didn't, finish, didn't finish leading it though that year I don't think in the days where you went out hard and now you've learnt your lesson yeah it's only taken about 12 years yeah um any racing going on in the States, Josh? You've got to get yourself in a in a Boxing Day race? No, I did um, I did inquire, but I don't think there's anything like, to be honest, I'm not sure I really want to race at too fast 100 metres. It'd be pretty grim. But um, I think the nearest thing would be in Phoenix, which is about two hour, two and a half hour drive. So probably just going to leave it. Fair enough. So I think that's, um, oh, what I've missed, I always miss this, Strava leaderboard. Let's just go there quickly. Before we wrap up, I want to say that I did have it written down somewhere. I think Christian Ulrikson was was top for the men. Phil Sessman in second and Scott Cousins in third. So a few different people than normal. Sally O'Gorman again, top the ladies. Jess Tyres, who's always there or thereabouts, was in second. And Judith Nixon in, in third. I don't know if you've got the leaderboard in front of you, Josh, or, or not, because I haven't anymore. But but yeah, um, if you want to want to get involved, sign up to our our inside jogging podcast group on Strava, and we'll yeah potentially give. Where's you a Connor? Did he he had a break. Have, he must have done Melbourne Marathon. I presume. I don't know. I should probably look that up one week. Let's have a look at that for next week. Right, let's wrap up, boys, because there's a a long interview with Chris Thompson coming up. Chris. 
Um, when I do these interviews, and I actually got Ruth Jones to help me out again with this one, because Ruth has spoke to Chris in the past. I always say to them, like, have you got half an hour spare to, to have a chat? Chris probably spoke to us for an hour and, well, 10 minutes before we recorded, an hour and 15 while we recorded, then probably another half an hour after we finished recording. So, so yeah, spent, you know, gave us lots of time and covered lots of things. So it's a, yeah, interesting interview. Um, but yeah, what you got, Clousey, coming up in your week? Uh, a few more days of work and then it's uh, chilling out for Christmas. When did you finish? Um, Thursday afternoon. So I've got, a, I've got a week and a bit off, which is going to be nice. Do you go back on the 4th? Yeah. Yeah. Josh, what you got? Similar to Matt, I'm working till um, Thursday, I think, and then I'm off to the 4th. So, uh, yeah, get my first sessions in at Altitude, see how they go. And having Christmas on my own, I think. So, are you going to, I mean, I'm pretty sure your bosses don't listen, but are you going to wake up like mega early and, and do work? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely not. No, I'm going to be, I might do, I'll probably work. I work when I wake up till I go for a run. And then after that, I'll run. Uh, sorry, I'll work until I run again. Um, but I mean, I, I've got nothing else to do. So I will just, yeah, I'll be kind of just filling my time with work and running. Well, you wait until you've got your friends and then you'll have loads to do, mate. They'll be inviting you around for Christmas dinner then. <laughs> you still got a few days. Yeah, I've got a few days to make some more friends. Aaron? Yeah, we go. You next week, buddy? Um, I'm actually off. I've got Monday and Tuesday in work, then I'm off also to the fourth. So good little break. I'm down to Suffolk on Thursday, Friday to see my family. And then we'll drive back up here Christmas Eve and then spend Christmas Day with with Jenny's family. So so yeah, lots of lots of getting around, but hopefully some a lot of time to to run because I'll have sort of childcare with the grandparents all week. So that's nice. Um but yeah, just I've I've kind of need to finish some Christmas shopping. I feel like I've left it a bit too late, but We'll get some stuff done tomorrow and hope that Amazon delivers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is, um, is Eliza on the mulled wine? Oh, I've got to say, I've not mentioned Eliza, but Eliza. So she's very allergic to, to egg, it turns out. And um, so she won't be on any of that eggnog stuff. Oh, that's a shame. Um, but yeah, she's been puking everywhere. She was puking everywhere Friday. And then... I woke up for this morning and she, I walked into her room and she was sat there all happy, sat up in a cot, said hello to me and was chatting away. She was covered in shit. It was everywhere. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I wiped up, I just, I walked, I took, I literally just walked up to the shower with her and we had a shower. It was dreadful. I thought, what has my life come to? She's just covered in sick and shit all the time. But, but yeah, um, so she's having a great time. Just, keep, just enjoying herself. Keep her off the the alcohol this Christmas. She's gonna have a dry one, I think. Um, but yeah, it should be good. I might even. Do you know what I watched um, in the week? 
I watched that Netflix document. I think it's Netflix. The is it 14, 13 peaks, 14 peaks? I've forgotten. It's all right, isn't it? Good, isn't it? What guy? 14. It's incredible. I don't understand how somebody, like, when you see how how hard it is to do one of them and he's just like cruising up, then finding a guy who's abandoned on the way back down, helping him out and and going on. Um, Yeah, but I I listened to his, his morning routine when he was in the forces. Sound a bit like you, Clousy. Up at four AM, doing a doing a twenty mile run, then off to work, then a bit of gym afterwards. He's hardcore, mate. I think I'm you. I think you're the same. I think you're the same person. Anyway, that's it for this week, boys. Um, we'll catch up again. Well, when are we going to catch up? Can't be next. Can't be next week, surely, because it's going to be Boxing Day. I mean, I'm free. We'll figure it out. We'll Josh out. is free. Josh is free. <laughs> yeah. well, we might as well do it Christmas Day then. Christmas special. We'll get you on the, we'll get you on the iPad, Josh. What we'll, we'll play do, that for you. What we will do next week is let's go through some... Um, we'll do do a bit of running awards and who to look out for next year. So do your homework this week, boys. And then, Josh, you got a question? Oh, I was nominating myself for the award. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Right. <laughs> that's it, boys. We'll see, see you next week. Have a good week, guys. This week's interview was the first British man home at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games or 2021 Olympic Games in the marathon. A two-time Olympian who's had a decorated career over the country, on the track and more recently on the roads. His win at the marathon trials in Kew Gardens in March this year was probably one of the most emotional British performances I'd say in recent memory um, all that emotion was sort of shown in full as he threw the finishing tape to the ground after securing his spot on the on the Olympic team the man from Barrow and Furness has got PBs of 7.43 over 3k 1311 over 5000 2727 over 10,000 61 dead for the half you could have dipped that mate 60 <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did save sixty fifty nine on the clock, but unfortunately, oh, okay. ro- with road they round it if it yeah. gets to I think it's point five or point four. Or whatever. I think I think it's even point one. Fifty one. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. It might be point one. Yeah, I forget. Which, but... which is why co-host Josh Lunn, who ran twenty nine fifty nine last weekend, um, that should have been rounded up to thirty oh oh. So we need to take that <laughs> off him. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, he's got a marathon PB of, of 2.10.52. Um, yeah, Chris Thompson, honour to welcome you to the show. Um, first of all, okay. let's get something out of the way. Um, big win for, for Barrow last night after yeah, 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 yeah. probably the best team in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is, uh, this is very cool. Um, and yeah, last night was um, a real professional performance. I think I wrote it on Twitter. It was... Uh, so those don't know, Barrow played in a replay with Ipswich Town in the second round of the FA Cup. And we've now they're in the third round as well. We've never been to the fourth round in our history. So we're now away to Barnsley. And I think when, because because we were in the hat after the nil-nil draw at, I forget the name of Ipswich Ground, um, Portland Road. I was going to say that, but didn't want to risk it in case I was totally wrong yeah. and um, I think there was a bit of a spring in the step because Barnsley are, are, are having a bit of a tricky season so 
this possibly possibly could be our fourth third round, fourth round appearance but it was um it's nice to be able to watch brown tv because i've spent a lot of my life we've been in the conference and stuff so is a Mark Cooper's doing a great job, really starting to put infrastructure in. But uh, I'm going to bore people with Barra stuff, but that's because uh, me and my dad are like massive uh, Barra fans, and we you try now. Games? Uh, not well, obviously not. So uh, when it was non non league conference, it was a lot easier. So when I was in uh, lived in Loughborough, I could get to a few, quite a few of the way games. But since we got promoted, it was in COVID. So um, I went to my first league game when we played, we were away at Sutton. Um, um, so I've been on tenderhooks. I've had a few times where I was going to try and get sooner, but I, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. And it's going to be even harder now with yeah. the little one. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so I've been to, I tried to get to the, the big ones. I was going to go to Banbury when we played in the first round, but I got, unfortunately got COVID, so I couldn't go to that. So yeah, so it's, it's, it's fine, but I, I try to get through as many as I can, but it's not, it's not always easy. Yeah. Just because of weekends are uh, when we run and race yeah. and stuff, it's, it's yeah, sort of yeah. clashes, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, very good performance last night for Barrow. As I was saying to Ruth just before the show, um, Ipswich's performance was probably the worst I've ever seen them play in in thirty plus years. So it's a shame we've we've sunk. Well, well when but, but, you say you Barrow. say that, I think I was going to say I think a lot of that was because of how well Barrow played. Let's it be was. honest. I mean, they 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 you know you know it's uh, I'd say it should played out of their skin. It's just <laughs> Barrow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go into Terry Terry Butcher's comments were brilliant yeah. as well. That they were really funny. He's a, he's a Suffolk lad and yeah tells it how it is. But anyway, yeah. um, let's go into some running because. Yeah, I, we could bore people all night about football, but mm. yeah, it's not what we're here for. Um, so, so Kew Gardens, let's start there. Um, yeah. I read probably, was it a couple of months or five weeks out, you, you suffered a freak accident with a removal van? Yeah, no, it was, um, I, f- I forget the exact, I think it was eight weeks out. I think it was eight or nine weeks. I forget the exact. Yeah, I, I broke my hand. Um, it's still a bit. I can't yeah. properly. I can't properly close it. I I, I shattered my fourth and fifth metacarpals. Um, yeah, sliced the front of my hand. I've obviously yeah spoken a bit a bit about it, and it was at the time. Um, it was because it was a crushing incident. It was uh, rather painful, and uh, yeah, we were moving house, removal van, just reversed, and I. It was my fault. I I just for some reason the, the, the van was about to hit a wall and I for some reason thought my hand could stop a van <laughs> and which I learned the hard way no it can't so I won't do that again um but um I was really fortunate because um as the story goes the, the, I, I had to go to hospital and have an emergency operation on, on on it and the guy that did the surgery a guy called Gavin Bridgestock um, I actually raced against him when I was younger. So when he introduced himself, as surgeons do, and talk you through it, he said, oh, Chris, um, you may not remember me, but we've raced before and you're in good hands. Uh, excuse the pun. <laughs> and um, he did a fantastic job. I, I, I explained to him before the surgery, said, look, um, that I've got the Olympic trials in whatever, eight weeks. I mean, what are my odds of, I know it's a hand, but what are the implications here for getting back running and having a chance? And the problem, the biggest problem was I had to give it, I think I had 10 days or almost two weeks completely off because I had to let the swelling down. And then once I was able to start running, it was snowing 
and he said look the i would get i would tell you not to do any physical exercise including running for three weeks uh, if it was up to me but the issue was obviously i, I can't i'd that have been the olympics gone he said look if you fall over and land on this it's going to get complicated because he had to put plates in it and uh, i and and i was very um fortunate that him and jane the um therapist really supported me in the fact that they understood what i was trying to do gave me this plastic cast that would help allow me to be able to run and swing my arm and um i saw her every week and just to make certain that you know i, I was trying to reduce the risk of causing a complication and yeah and uh, once I got back running a flip just went in my head it was um it was like I, I, I use this kind of silly little thing to myself where I just go challenge accepted and mm -hmm. I once I'd got running I thought right everything's been and gone I think I had six weeks to the trials and I just there's, there's nothing I could do about it and I just I just at that point just went into overdrive but it was at the time when I was sat in hospital I thought I'm at the bottom of the biggest mountain if I want to make this Olympics that I've ever faced in my career because it was just such a short time scale. I mean, the injury itself is not horrendous for running. It is in terms of I will never have full, full act. I won't have my hand, won't be fully what it was ever again. But for running terms and the time scales I had, it was it was by far the biggest challenge I'd, I, I was facing. So did you not run at all for two weeks? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I couldn't because yeah. I had to have I had to have my hand literally in the air to to bring the swelling down. Um, oh and it was it was, um, and obviously, even though I'm not impacting it, the the inflammation and blood flow would just get in the way of of the bone healing because yeah. it was just shattered. I lost some of the bone. He couldn't find some of it. Oh. That was the that was the freakiest bit because I had to have local not general mm. um and it was uh it was about a, i think it was two and a half hours operation and i watched soccer saturday <laughs> during it which was great he said <laughs> i could bring my phone in and because uh, i literally i just had a dead arm with a sheet and mm. and they were communicating and he said one of the reasons they do that is so that the patient can can really understand what's happening and hear them talking to each other and they and at one point they're going can you see the bit of the bone no and they went back and forth because they're double checking each other and uh i was just lying there going and i, I had to ask it am, am i missing something because yeah it's just a small piece but we're just gonna we're just gonna like close the gap so I've, on my fourth metacarpal slightly shorter because i couldn't find the last bit it must oh, have just no. exploded but um yeah it was a crushing so injury so it's literally yeah i had the same i was obviously not the same um, uh, level as you in any standard, but it still had a massive impact on me. Mm. I, dropped, I dropped a dumbbell on my foot. Oh, wow. In, those, in um, June, and yeah, mm. it was a crushing injury, and it literally, the pain was like nothing I've ever had before. It was absolutely horrendous. And it was the swelling, the same as you. Mm. Obviously, it was in my foot, so, you know, maybe a bit more of an impact because I couldn't walk, never mind, you know, um, run. But, yeah, I, I, I can massively sympathise with the pain aspect of it and the, and the irritation and the frustration and, you know, just having to wait for it to heal. Um, so for two weeks, you couldn't do anything, but then could you cross-train? Could you do anything else after that? Or were you just straight back into running? I just got straight back in because yeah. I, I had a conversation with my coach and he Alan's story is fantastic uh, especially because I'm an older athlete he's very good at um 
almost be a, being a sounding board for me to make decisions. Um, and he he wasn't going to tell me you need to run because it's not his place in so many ways because of the nature of the injury. I had to be the one, but he was also going to just listen and let me think it through. Mm. And in the first few days when I couldn't do anything about it, you just sat there kind of feeling a bit fed up and like you say, in a lot of pain. Mm. Um, and I, there was, I remember a point just ringing Alan and I think it was about seven days in, I said to him, I'm going to run, I'm going to start running on Saturday coming up no matter what because I need a I need a I need a point in my brain that I'm working towards and when I hit that point I have to I have to take this gamble because I am the, to me that was the last chance I could that was as far as I could take it before it was just not even worth trying because the other thing I had the other thing I had in my favor at that point was I was in very good shape before it happened mm, yeah uh, and in hindsight now I think I was in too good a shape ah. which, and so there are things about it that when you start looking back you go that may have helped me I, I, I and so in some ways you go at the time you go this is not ideal and you wouldn't break your hand deliberately to do something like <laughs> that but but you look back and still at the age of 39 now 40 you learn things and I and I now look back and think yeah I think, think I was a probably probably a good five or six weeks ahead of myself and it just enabled me to check back freshen up mm. and I put together four or five weeks of some of the best marathon training I've ever done Amazing. and I think that was because I'd had a break and it kind of because how often do we take a break when we're in good shape we yeah. don't it's usually yeah. when we're at the end of a season tired or um an injury thing but I actually it's one of the first times I've ever taken a break when I've been in good shape and in, and, that, and that sort of made me go I maybe should do that again not again not the break the hand bit yeah. but have a but you know be in a good place and go you know what? I'm going to take a week off because I can and yeah. go again um so yeah it, it at the time I look back and I pinch myself a little bit because I know we all have been in these places where you mentally can get quite overwhelmed with how the hole you're in um but at the same time, the more you dig yourself out of these holes, the more you fight when you're in these situations, you start believing in the, what seems like the impossible and you just think, I'm going to give it a crack. And if it wasn't for all the things that have happened through my career, I may not have given it a try. I may have just kind of gone, it's, it's gone. Mm. But there's that bit in my head that's gone. I've, I've, I've done some things that, that in the past which have seemed impossible, but I've done it. So let's give it a go. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you come back many times. <laughs> yeah, I'm in, I'm interested in. I've I've spoke to Alan a little bit. Um, my coach Nick Anderson is a good friend of Alan's, so okay, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm interested in that initial phone call when you phone Alan and say, "Look, Alan, I've I've crushed my hand." Because when Ruth <laughs> phoned me and said, "Look, Aaron, I've I've dropped a weight on my foot," you first of all <laughs> like, "What the what the what have you been doing like mm. to do that?" So. So yeah, what did what did Alan say when you initially told him? And and is is Alan? You said he's a sounding board. Is he is he setting any of your training, or is he purely yeah. just? Yeah. No, he 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 sets the sessions. Uh, when I say sounding board, he's a sounding board in terms of uh, 
towing the line when it comes to when I'm ready to go for the next session or making a big decision like I need to, uh, you know, niggles or injuries or um, Alan, look, life's got, I've got a bit going on in my life. I need to wait, push my session back. So he's that, that's the kind of thing, Sam, but yeah, he does hundred percent all my sessions. Um, The only, uh, to be fair, the only thing we don't go, I just try and I just fill in between the sessions, steady running of my own accord because there's no need to be that descriptive. But I actually rang him from the hospital bed. So I, I was, so my wife was upstairs when it happened and she came, she came down, I was lying on the floor. And by the time she got down, there was already medics and an ambulance there. And everyone, again, you realize when people's face look at you, you need to act like no, it's not a big deal. And Gemma came down and would just were just, well, I can't repeat exactly what she said, but she said something with a swear word and, oh my God, this is bad. And I said, Gemma, can you not please do that? Because I can't look. Yes. Um, and then, um, and then uh, uh, I was obviously given a lot of painkillers and gas and air, taken to hospital. And once I was in the bed and I realised I wasn't going to have the operation until the next day, so I had to sleep on it. Um, I then rang Alan and uh, I said, I can still remember my first words were, Alan, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, and it sounds weird to say sorry to your coach, but but it is, Alan is like, he's more than just a coach. He's a friend. He's a mentor. He's a, he's, I'm close to him in a way that, that I feel like it's him and me. Um, it sounds a bit corny, but it, but it, but he puts so much emotion in that I feel proud for him when I do well, as well as myself and the people that support me. And I felt really bad that I'd, that I'd had this accident. It was my fault. And I'd put our journey to the Olympics in jeopardy. And I, and I just felt terrible. And, and, and Alan in Alan fashion was like, right. Okay. Um, you know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm in hospital. Okay, cool. When's the operation? Tomorrow. Cool. All right. Well, let's just, let's let the dust settle. He's very pragmatic in that moment mm. and very good at taking the emotion out of that in that moment, especially on the phone. He's very good on the phone. And it was just you, you, we. The conversation wasn't long. It was very kind of to the point and very much like what's our next step. But I know that he would have got off the phone and kind of been as in the same mental headspace as I was when I got off the phone of just gutted um yeah but but um I mean that call and the call when I rang him after I made the made the team were were both highly emotional Hmm. um I mean yeah we we both cried down Hmm. the phone after the race it was like how did we just do that? I'm, <laughs> yeah, starting to, I'm starting to get a little bit thinking about it. You do oh. go, you go there, you go there to these conversations, those moments. And it's like, I still to this, I will never forget this year. And I still struggle to think about it because it's still very raw one and two, it just meant so much. Mm. Um, it really did. Yeah. So l- let's talk about the race, the trial race that is itself. Mm. Um, I was, I was watching, I was handing out drinks to, to Clarity and Jake and, um, I remember seeing you come past, just dropped off the back of, of Ben Connor and uh, mm, Moar Dan, Dan Dowie and was Dan there. And Dowie, yeah. And I was watching it on my phone at the same time. And you went into the back ends of the lap, and the cameras cut to the women, I think. And 
Mm. Yeah, sort of like 10 minutes later, you're at the front of the race when it cuts back. And, mm. and a lot of people had, had written you off. A lot of people standing there had said, you know, Chris is gone. He's mm. not going to make it. So you obviously paced that race incredibly well. Um, I mean, I'm not sure on the splits uh, that you ran, mm. but, but was that your plan to, to just run your own race or, or did you go for a bad patch? What, what happened in the race itself? Um, there, there's a few different things there. I mean, one was I'd gone into, I went into the race with a very specific set of skills, I guess, because I'd had such a short build up, And one of those was I'd, I basically just did um, a lot of long runs and a lot of locking into as effectively a race effort. And there wasn't much, there wasn't a huge amount of time to do um, um, hand, get myself ready to handle surges or different overpaces or underpaces to what I was good at. So I had a very specific skill uh, or fitness going in. Um, and and the other thing being, um, I was exhausted because obviously I'd become a dad on the Monday night at two thirty in the morning, and it was it was a very long labour, which I I was there for the. It's hard. Season. It's hard for us, isn't it? I, I'll be on, I'll be honest. Like, yeah, I, I Gemma thought she had a tough time, but, <laughs> but, but it. She did say she did say at one point she turned to me and. Um, uh, it was about 11 at night the, on the Sunday before he was born. She said, you, you better make this team now. And I just, <laughs> I mean, it's one of these, those funny lines where you, at the moment you're sort of laughing, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in your head going, I don't think I've got a chance here. I'm still in hospital. There's no signs of his coming, of him coming and I'm exhausted. I think, I think we need to forget about that for now. <laughs> um, but I, I genuinely was just very, very sleepy, tired, really exhausted. Yeah. I, I just, I, I mean, we've all raced tired before, but I've raced tired having one bad night's sleep, not having five on the bounce, five or five or six. Um, and I was almost feeling one, a bit... One of those nights, I bet you didn't even sleep at all that Sunday night. You know, you, you lose a whole night in that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, I didn't get home because I couldn't stay because of COVID. I had to leave. I think I left eventually once all the dust had settled. and everything. I think I got home about half five. Oh, yeah. um in the morning uh once theo was all right and you go through the process and everything it was um yeah i actually had a it's funny i had a chiropractor appointment the next day at one as my last thing before and it, we were joking about i was whether i was going to make it or not depending on when theo arrived um <laughs> but um i did manage to get there but it was i was just not i was hallucinating i was so tired God. um so you went into the race obviously absolutely exhausted yeah so very i went in yeah i went in very tired and but again you kind of you get that to the back burner you do your warm-up you get ready and one of my biggest problems getting ready for the race was i was i was really emotional from becoming a dad and so things like i was listening to music and i had to turn it off because it was making me think about him i was not focusing on what i was trying to do so i was trying to remove all these stimuluses that were kind of heightening me because I had a marathon to run mm. um, and so I tried my best to get myself away from everything take myself away from the fact it was an Olympic trials I was trying not to look I, I ran 
I hadn't seen the course. So I went to the far end completely on my own and acted like I was walking around Kew Gardens to do everything I could to calm myself down mm. and think, right, I need to take the emotion out of this right now. And um, I actually managed to get to the start line and I felt like, right, this is me. I'm ready to go. I, I, when, once I got there, I managed to get myself to the kind of equilibrium I need to race. Mm. And I, for the first 20 minutes, I felt good. And then, then I started to feel really like I just want to lie down and sleep. Um, I wasn't, but also the other emotion I was getting was this feels a little bit hot. It just felt that the pace just felt like it was just every time I went around a corner, I was like, just, it's pinching a bit this. Mm. Um, and so I made a conscious decision about half an hour to, to, to peel off, but not to let them go mm. just to, just to sit back five, 10 yards and just, let them because there was still a group there's about four or five of us whatever it was and so going around corners you're all trying to find your spot there's a lot of nervous running energy being spent on finding your your, your space mm. and in that scenario you either want to be at the front picking your line or off the back and just going around in your own little world and so I chose the latter and and it, it was for the next half an hour 40 minutes it was a real slow dripping or a slow opening of the gap but to, to the to back to your original point of of um why was one of the, another reason i peeled off was because i've raced dowie and i've raced ben a lot mo i wasn't as familiar with but i could make i could make some pretty good assumptions about him as a runner and what their strengths were and the th one of the, the things I'd made, I had a pretty good idea of how they were all going to race. And that was another part of the reason I thought it's an okay thing to let that gap open because I knew the pace was hot, but I knew that Ben, so Ben, because he had the time, he only needed to be top two. So he was never going to push the pace. He didn't need to. Mm. Dowie needed the time. It was going to push. And Mo showed no signs of, being interested in forcing anything so effectively that group wasn't a three-man group it was a one-man group in Dowie mm. um and he he only had Callum as the the main guy to work off mm. and so while I was going I was thinking well I'm effectively if I look at it as me racing Dowie not because the other two aren't factors just in terms of the gap because yeah. as soon as the pace drops those two aren't aren't going to do anything about it and I could easily come back and so my 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 assumption was that when the pacemaker drops out if Dowie's not feeling it for whatever reason I think that I think this could they could come back to me pretty quick so together with how I felt I thought run my own race and I got to halfway and I think I was 65 minutes and I was starting to get a little bit nervous and thinking, am I, I didn't know how much I'd, I was on pace. And when I saw 65 minutes and how I felt, even though the gap was about 30 seconds at this point, I went, right, we still got a chance because one, I've still got time to play with to get the time. And two, those guys, uh, those guys have still got to lose a pacemaker. And when they do the race is, that's when I'm going to find out where, because I could not have gone through in 64.30 like them. If I had done, I'd have probably suffered the same fate mm -hmm. um, in terms of falling away. Um, 
And the other thing, because it was quite windy, if you remember, after the drinks, and that was something that I knew would play into tired legs in a marathon. Never did I imagine once we got to, I think it's now an hour and 40, hour and a half, whenever it was, when I did eventually, that it would spin so quickly. But I think it spun so quickly for both those reasons. I'd paced myself well. And when Callum stopped, it really did come down to me and Dowie. Mm. Um, because I'd have done the same if I was in Ben's shoes why would I keep the pace honest I don't need to and Mo seemed to just want to Mo seemed to think he could make the team but the way he raced wasn't suggesting he quite had the confidence to push I'm sure he will do eventually one day but in that moment it felt like it was that that group was relying heavily on Dowie yeah yeah so you you I mean it's interesting listening to how much thought obviously is going through through your head during the race there's obviously you know I speak to a lot of runners and they don't seem to make those types of calculated decisions that you're making um you know a lot of people just sort of run in the moment whereas yeah there's a lot of a lot of thought gone into yours and it's quite calculated so it's interesting to see how you you approached it obviously Mm. you then hit the front Mm. when did you when did it sink in that you were going to a hit the time and B then make the team. Um, well, I so once once I knew I was going to catch them, the 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 next the next thing for me was um, to find out where I was at because I didn't know if they you don't know if they've slowed because they've deliberately slowed or whether they've you know they're tired or what's going on or whether they just lost the rhythm of the race. And so when I was catching them. And I realised, hang on, I'm back in the race. It became suddenly a very nervous moment of, right, what do I do? I feel good. So I made a, I made another big decision at that point. It was right at the back where Ross Murray and the, t- and the time is at the back. And it was when we were, the camera was off air. I made a big surge past them. I thought, I'm not going to sit, I'm not going to join them. I'm going to go and I'm going to test them and see what's going on. And I surged. And, that, and one of the things I love about that is, Athletes don't know if you're surging, that's the pace you're running or what's going on. So that it's like one of those fart licks. You don't know when it's going to end. Mm. And so I did it to see, firstly, if anyone go with me, which would tell me some information and uh, be how they sounded. So I wanted to get an idea of how they were feeling when they did it. So I I like to listen to runners and gauge what's going on because that helps me make decisions. Dowie didn't go with it at all. And then Ben and Mo did, and I pushed it for as long as I dare before I thought I'm going to tilt myself over into a into a debt. So I didn't want to do that. And then I settled back into a rhythm. But when I settled back into a rhythm, I felt like they weren't quite feeling it like I was. There was there was just a there was just a feeling I was holding myself back. So at that point, I thought, right, I'm just go- I'm just going to wait a bit and let them just tie themselves out a little bit, and I'm just going to keep a bit of a pace and I think we were coming up to two laps to go when we went through the wind and I waited as long as I could through the wind and I thought I'll keep the pace honest but I want them with me and as soon as I got to the top and I thought right now's the time to to truly make because I knew we were inside the time and I knew we had time to spare so I didn't need to worry about that as soon as I went and it was like a a flip switch it was like right I've, I've gone two different races and I was going down the back straight on, on the penultimate lap. And I have to say 
it was really difficult because I've never had a feeling of being 10, 15 minutes from a finish line knowing I had it. Mm. Um, it was weird because, because it sounds cocky, it sounds bad, but it's not. When you get a marathon right in that last 10, 15, you, it, I've run a lot of them. And I've had ones where I've been dragging myself to a finish line. I've had ones where I've just got there and kind of paced it. And, and now I can add to my repertoire ones where I'm like just the occasion and how it's all panned out and the drinks and everything came together. And it just was in my head. I thought the only thing that can get in the way of this is um, cramp, mm-hmm. uh, which was funny because as I turned one of the corners with about, just over a mile to go I turned and I got cramp in my right hamstring and um not fully it was like it was like that pre twitch twitch and I get it because I have this um I I get this thing in my back and it's an age thing and I just my right glute deactivates my L4 L5 twist and I have to get it regularly put back because it just and when it goes it deactivates my glute and then my hamstring overworked and over and I turned the corner, I went, whoa, and I just arched my back to stop it going, because yeah. if it had gone, that would have been it. And I literally then, <laughs> I ran with straight legs for about, <laughs> for about 100 <laughs> metres, just to make certain nothing happened. And then at that point, I then was paranoid to do anything. Like, I, 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 was, so I was carrying a gel just to make certain. I quickly got rid of it, because I thought, I don't, I don't want the gel throwing me off. And I literally was just in this kind of, don't robotic state of <laughs> don't do anything silly don't and I uh it wasn't till I knew I was there physically I just had to make and then once I got to the home straight I just I lost it oh god I lost, yeah. absolutely oh, lost god. it yeah it's like I I it never <laughs> I just never before have I had sport life and all those emotions come together in that in a moment like that because sport mm-hmm. is fantastic in its own way and I've when I've won medals or run well it's it's amazing but the performances which have a deeper meaning for me like overcoming things or just the whole week as a whole I mean even some of my fondest races memories have come through the challenge that for me to get there like when I ran my first 10k in Stanford when I was in 2010 around 27 29 the overriding emotion was that I mean two years earlier I should have I should have retired I mean it was just I I was couldn't stop getting injured it was just I was losing funding losing the ability to dedicate any time to running and Mark Rowling took a punt at me and I and I managed to run that and it was the emotion of of the of what it took to get there that kind of married with the performance and much like Q, it was just what it took to get that out just, it just made it so much more. It yeah. just makes it feel yeah, incredible. Cause I know this sport is about medals mm. in, in elite sport and I get that, but sometimes stories or journeys trumpet and Absolutely. yeah. And, and Q did that for me. I think everyone felt your emotions uh, as you felt them as you went over the line. I mean, I, I was crying, <laughs> Aaron, but yeah, it was, it was, a, we, uh, lots of people knew that, you know, you, 
you've had a lot of um, injuries over the years and you've had a lot of challenges that you've overcome, but this was probably your biggest yet and, and you've succeeded in overcoming everything at exactly the right time. Uh, yeah, so well done. Incredible. Yeah, I, I think for me, after I heard obviously afterwards that you'd just become a dad. I'd become a dad, what, four months before, so mm. could relate to it and it was, yeah, incredible. It, it couldn't have, you know, couldn't have gone better for most of the people watching you know i think everybody was in full mm. support of you so that's very yeah, kind thank you it's um it's nice to see and obviously it's well documented your your injury history and the struggles you've had so mm. yeah good to see you back um that qualified you for the olympic games which yeah we haven't even touched on yet um <laughs> yeah yeah sorry no. i do I do blubber, don't I? I no, get, no, I it's fine. I think, I think we, we do and, the same. And blubber as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get some full tears later. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, 39th place finish in Sapporo. Um, it looked like... I think it was 52nd, actually. Oh, was it? Somebody... I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, but yeah. Pa- the power of 10 has got you down as 39th, which is very... Wow, then. Very was, there a lot of drug, was there a lot of drug busts or something that I don't know about? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, take 39th. Um, yeah. We'll give you 39th. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it, so, looked, it looked like a battle out there because of the, the conditions. Mm, um, mm. And I think I read somewhere that you called it a battle. Um, mm. So was it a war of attrition out there where you just sort of grinding to, I don't know, just get to the finish line? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I couldn't have had two more contrasting marathons in queue and the Olympics um, in terms of how it felt. It was it, it was that it, it was physically the hardest race I've ever done um, because the conditions and everything that went with it. Um, you know, it what I mean, for everyone doing the Olympics, it was a stressful process to get there because you you. you until you're on that plane, until you're in the village or until you're on the start line, there's a part of you that thinks something's going to happen. You test positive or you can't run or something's going to happen. And so um, you're carrying a lot of that going in. And, um, and just to say test positive for COVID, not. Anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 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 <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, so the, uh, so when I, um, uh, got on the line and because the women had the day before their marathon got moved forward uh forward back uh, earlier uh, by an hour yeah because and that that was crazy as well because i remember being in the food hall and a lot of the women runners had already gone to bed because yeah, they didn't know yeah so they had to be woken up i think i think steph davis possibly or one of the gb girls was asleep that's be it might have been jess i forget anyway um because they made it because it was just going to be so hot and, and there was going to be no cloud cover. Um, but the men, they kept it the same. So we didn't have, I think the women came off worse in terms of conditions from what I could tell. I mean, I wasn't out in their condition, but it looked with no cloud cover. It's just a different ball game. But I was, I think I was so conscious of it. And we unfortunately I had a mess up with my drinks. And so I was being not, I wasn't getting the drinks I had, um, they had the it was the right uh, thing but I wanted I wanted room temperature I didn't want them to be cold and they chilled them all and that can mess with my stomach and go through me and so I never actually got to have any drinks oh which made God. which made the situation even worse because I was trying to communicate I need these warmed up oh. hoping by the next station I'd get it and I wasn't and so I kind of got to halfway and then it really started to kick in I was like I've had nothing here and I don't feel too good any gel um, 
or just I'd had I'd had a gel early on but the problem with that was it was so dry it was like mm-hmm. it was just making me feel worse and so I stopped that early um um because I need I just need the fluid or something to to get down me but um so and I also was thinking uh, I'll sort it out by the next one but I didn't know the communication wasn't getting back so anyway I got to about seven or eight miles and I literally bonked I turned a corner and it it's the first time I felt this thing that wall that people talk about and it just it just I just ran and I just felt like I couldn't get from from one side of a athletic track to the other I was just looking ahead going like I can't physically lift my legs I mean and I had to I had to stop myself panicking take a deep breath and go right just get to the end of the road and then get to the end of the next road and then I could get going again and then I'd get going for a bit longer and then two or three minutes later it'd happen again and I'd be like it was like rigor mortis setting in my limbs just like I can't and I I spent seven eight miles so what's that about nearly 40 minutes feeling like I physically am not going to get there Mm. um and there was lots of athletes in the similar boat um I I mean the the weird thing about it was I was running with a group of athletes and we were almost in this little bubble it it must have been like a comedy sketch there's like there was probably about five to ten of us not really going anywhere kind of (laughs) weaving some every now and again someone would get a wind and go past then they'd fall back and it was just you were just yo-yoing with your small little group of athletes who are all struggling Mm. and to put it in perspective there was a guy called Kev Seawood an Irish runner and I was we were neck and neck with 200 to go and I beat him by 30 odd seconds (laughs) it was just it was just there were so many little things like that 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 were just it was just it was just weird this feeling of just I can't I because I I, every every bone every muscle in my body was get to the finish because Mm -hmm. once I'd realized because at one point I think it was just after halfway I was feeling all right and I was thinking right let's start picking people off because I roughly gauged the first half about where I wanted to be and I and there was a part of me that goes right let's start moving through picking people off the people gonna start coming back and then it very quickly became no, you just get to the finish. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up in the medical tent, just completely dazed, completely gone. There was might have been the only one. No, there was. I wasn't. Believe it or not, I wasn't the one moaning the loudest either. There was. There was a lot of athletes in that tent that were sounded like they were. Yeah, not in the not in the greatest of places. It was kind of. A, it was a bit. Of, it wasn't like. I'm sure there's been. I don't think anyone had anything serious, serious. I think it was just all a massive shock to everyone's system. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how yeah. do you look back on that experience? Is it something that obviously you're glad that you've, you've finished an Olympic marathon? That must be an incredible feeling. But is there some level of disappointment with how it went because of the conditions? Obviously not because of your own performance, but because of how you had to deal with the heat and the humidity. Um, the I think, yeah, I think the... I, I think finishing and everything to deal with is definitely I it's it's, it's weird because um I haven't massively really deep down thought because there is there is that part of me that goes I didn't leave my best race out there mm. and then there's other parts of me that go 
I did really well considering because there's a when you when you compare yourself to some other athletes, you go actually it wasn't too bad. You know that you know there's there's if you do a price comparison sort of thing, um, but then at the same time you go well, you, you sh- there's that elitist side of you. But I think um, I think I look at. I don't think I look at the Olympics as a race. I think I look at it as a, as a whole package for the year mm. because there's not this. And this is something that dawned to me, not until it was after, I think New York marathon and when they had London and that cluster of uh, autumn marathons, a lot of Olympic athletes ran it, ran those. And I thought oh, I didn't. And I kind of came back so tired. I couldn't, I, I couldn't bring myself to, to, train for another marathon and it dawned on me I thought well hang on not many athletes at the Olympics had run a marathon beforehand mm. I was one of only a handful of athletes that had actually gone into the Olympics coming off a marathon most athletes went there quite fresh and ready to do it and then go on and do something else and that and that's made me look back at it and go actually I possibly am being a bit harsh on myself that that Definitely. that it was I was possibly not in as um favorable position as some of the others in that sense but but yeah I think I think um I think uh it was uh, you know enough people dropped out to suggest that, that finishing was an achievement in itself and, I, and I'm and I'm and I am I am I am proud of it but I think there's there's always going to be that part of you that that um wants more I guess but it, it was it wasn't it and my final point it was that the fact that as you touched upon that I've not run in conditions like that before if I had another go I'd do things very differently yeah very yeah. differently that leads me on to to my next question um world world champs in Oregon which is yeah you know you're familiar with um could be warm you know Europeans could be warm Commonwealth Games in Birmingham could be warm <laughs> if we have a nice British summer um so yeah, you've spoken many times about it being potentially your last year, your last race, or or mm. whatever. Um, mm. Has it fueled the fire to 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 look to compete at one of those next year? Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, I can say I can say now that um, I, I mean, I I I have taken a bit of an attitude over the last four or five years that every year is my last because in so many ways I. I there's a bit there's been a bit of trailblazing with you're older but not letting that be a factor in your mind because if you can still compete then it's irrelevant and so and sometimes in my brain I've kind of gone oh I'm only saying it's my last year because I I feel like it should be but it why should it be and so um and this year and it was weird this year like again I, I attacked it like it would be but but again, I've learned another lesson of that you, you don't know. And I had a conversation with Alan um, while I was trying to figure out my next move. And I said to him, what would you do if you were in my shoes? And he said, Chris, you just run 210 for a marathon. I said, yeah. He goes, there's no chance I'd stop. And I just mm-hmm. went, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so I my, my whistle has been wet for... Um, for uh is that the right word the whistle, wet, 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 yeah, whistle? I, yeah. I think it's something like that i forget that, the yeah. saying that'll do yeah it's just one of those things where you get recorded and you look <laughs> back and think that's time that's not the saying anyway <laughs> I know what you mean. uh yeah and the first person that would tell me off would be Gemma as well 
um so um I actually famously, I say famously, amongst my friends, they, and I said at my wedding, I said, oh, you know that saying, Rome was built in a day. And they've, <laughs> ne- they've never let me live that down. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, cause so, so once the, and the other thing I wanted to do is let my last race be my last race and have a good break and not make a decision on fatigued mind and body. And I've let myself and I've literally now um, kind of in my mind committed myself to trying to go to the world championships next year. Uh, one of the one of the things that's one of the things that about it as well, which is um, quite cool, is because I used to live in Eugene. The course goes past my old house. Oh, so wow. I, I run, I'll run I, it's, I think it's five laps and I actually literally pass my front door oh. Um through Springfield and so yeah now I, I it's funny like I've I took a bit of time and I, and I thought I'll do a few runs and I had the conversation with Dan and I was like I just I feel like there's a bit of a spring in my step here that 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 um yeah there's a bit more fire in there to, to use up and so and, and it does help the fact I have a qualifying time from last year I mean that 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 does help yeah um will you do another marathon between now and then you think uh no because it'd be too tight it's july isn't it um i think well the team the team selection thing says first of march so and that's in two months so in theory i should know by then and at that point it yeah i mean british athletics i know there's a lot of changes and stuff going on and it's i need to find out more information but um um at the moment i'm in one of only two male athletes that have the time um and so you'd feel like you have a good chance but there is a europeans and there is a commonwealth so there are plan b's and c's there if but i i like the thought of the world championships i like the fact thought of going back to eugene and i like the thought of doing another marathon at some point this year as well as that and i can't believe i'm saying that but i am because um great news it's really good news well yeah yeah, thank you i don't know i don't know how much my ankles feel it's good news your ankles so what yeah just just to um (laughs) Uh, relate to you I'm 41 so you're you're young compared to me but obviously you're in the same kind of bracket <laughs> well, I was gonna say I'm 41 in in four months yeah so you know what it feels like to, yeah. to get a bit older yeah. and yes things start to hurt more and it takes longer to recover etc so you're talking about your ankles obviously you've had Achilles issues and you've got back issues um what's going on with your ankles at the moment what is that oh it's 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 more so I, I have um uh an ever so slight haggerlands in in uh, and so i just i just have to be careful with irritating it or rubbing it and stuff like that and i've i've, I've changed uh i've changed the cloud stratus which has been a massive help and that that was during yeah. the lockdown actually so the before that it, yeah. yeah it was it just really it just really helped with um not irritating so it's settled down because it, it's most runners will have it and it's just whether it becomes an issue. And so if it gets a bit inflamed, it can be a bit annoying. Um, and another reason I said my ankle was because I twisted my ankle the other day, not badly, just I had to take a couple of days off just to, again, it's things like that. You do little things like that. And I could be sat here and have run through it. And it's just a risk I don't need to take at my age because I've learned a couple of days off here or there. It doesn't matter as much. Whereas when I was younger, it was like, it was the end of the world. Um <laughs> 
so yeah so when I say my anchors it's a little bit of that it's a little bit of things here and there that I'm just kind of I just manage um I actually and it do you know this is this is a this is bizarre because I used to live uh I used to well history of where I lived I've I've I went through a phase where I lived in a a fat and flat flat (laughs) and um a bungalow and we've just moved and so for quite a few years I haven't had to deal with stairs and since we moved in here, my knees are starting to get a bit annoyed oh, at me going up and down. Plus, I'm carrying Theo, who's getting heavier and heavier. So I'm like carrying one hand and I'm balancing and I'm going, oh, crikey, it looks like knee necks on the list. <laughs> yeah, that's how I put my, my back out the other week, lifting Eliza too many times. Yeah. It's like doing weights on one side of your body, like constantly. It is. With it, yeah. So my, the chiropractor I see, he, uh, a guy called Tom Greenway, he's fantastic. Um, he said to me, he goes, I went to see him just before I went to Tokyo and uh, my back was really jammed up and I went to see him and I have the usual things he irons out and he looks at me and goes, yep, I know what's wrong. I said, what? He goes, you've got daditis. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's that? He goes, you've been carrying him on your left side too much. I went, oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Oh, yeah, had that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mm. That's easily fixed, right? Yeah, stop yeah. lifting him. <laughs> get Gemma to do it. Yeah, he get Gemma to do all the work. That's the way actually, it. I do remember you talking in that chat we had three years ago about going to Cairo's physios and mm. the, the costs involved and, and the fact that I, I don't think you're funded, are you? Um, not by not by British Athletics. I've had I've had a little bit of support from London Marathon from a okay. from a from in terms of funding kind of mm. angle. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they give you a bit of money to help. Yeah, yeah, but it's obviously managing the costs of, of everything involved in being yeah. a, a full time athlete. Or do you? I, I don't know if you do any work outside of, of running. No, I am fortunate in the sense that I get um, for for the last five years I've had well for most of my career I've had really good. Uh, help from sponsors and then for the last five years uh, on have been my kind of uh, support Um, and then there's been little bits like from London Marathon um, as well but again um, with that I'm very uh, I try to be I try to be quite resourceful with with things to try and to, to keep the costs manageable like things like you know if I've if I've gone away training um try and hook up with people and share costs with accommodation or stay with friends or pick places that just keep keep costs down or you know the type of flights you 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 use so you can be quite resourceful if if you need to be um and i and that's what i've kind of done there were some times and again i've tried in especially in the past i've tried to i don't luckily i don't have to now but i i went through phases where I would run a race, which would then pay for a flight to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, things like that, which which is something that people used to do a lot. Like my John Nuttall, my coach, he he back in uh, when I was younger, he said that you know that's how he would get out to Fontainebleau. He would run a race, and I remember my, to get to America to join the OTC. I went to Armagh five k. Oh my god! And um, that's how I funded my flight to get out there. Um, Incredible. Incredible. So. It's, I, mean, I think lots of people have got a misconception about athletes at your level at the very elite level that you're living the high life you know you're, you're living off funding and you know you don't have to sort of scrimp and save but what you've just said suggests that obviously you're not loaded <laughs> you're getting no. by certain people but you're certainly not um it, it's not an easy life you're, you're having to be careful with money 
I think, I think, yeah, because I think the thing about it is with athletes and it, and no, well, I say very, very few athletes are immune from this is having periods of difficulty mm. with, with performance for whatever, you know, and that will then impact because not, not, not all your, your income will come through, through um, a, a wage, so to speak, you know, you rely on a proportion on races and if you are injured or, you go through a bad period or um, what have you, then that impacts your livelihood. And I think for someone like me that's been going on for this long, you know, it, it waves. You have your good years and you have some really lean years. I mean, I had one year where I, I had um, a sponsor with a brand um, before and um, it, I didn't find out till July that I wasn't, they weren't continuing the sponsorship. So I've gone six months thinking I had something which I didn't. Um, and that was a bit awkward. And and that, again, that's it's just, there is a business side to, to these things sometimes. And so I actually then got, literally when I found out, I think the next week on a flight to America to try and earn some money to try and, um, well, to try and figure things out. And, and other times you get, you're, you know, I, I haven't been immune from being in positions to be able to say no to large sums of money to run a race because it wasn't smart because I'm doing OK. Hmm. And there's other times I, I'd bite your hand off for a tenner because that's just yeah. It, yeah. it's just it, it, you, you, no one's immune from having these ups. And I think to have a long career for elite athletes, you, if you're not smart and resourceful and you think every year is going to be a high earning year, you're in trouble because... Hmm. I mean, it, it, that's not how. That's not how it's, it's business. At the end of the day, if you if you're looking at financially, it's just, that's not how it works. And so, um, you have to be, um, especially especially in my younger days, I never envisioned having a career in running. But I feel like now people I don't want to say expect it, but I think yeah. at younger athletes think about that a bit more. Whereas I didn't as a as a youngster, and the generation before me didn't really suggest that that's because I, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what money was involved but there was no funding because the funding came in in late 90s I think it was I wasn't think, it I think social media has obviously changed it for, yeah. for yeah. the younger the younger guys you know there's a bit more opportunity to get some quick quick money out of social um mm. I don't see you on on TikTok Chris doing any <laughs> any silly things so. I, 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 Tom Bosworth. I was rooming with him out in uh, in the Olympics in uh, in the holding camp, and he was trying to explain it to me or something that how it works. And I and I just thought there's a, that, there's a part of me that just went, I, I'm a dad. I don't need to know anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, I just I'll leave it to these youngsters. But, <laughs> but it, it's it's the thing is like the thing about social media that I really like, and I and Gem, Gemma's a big big into the positive side of what social media can do and because it's part of what she does for a living now and I get it and she's it's that inter being able to interact and talk to people that aren't normally necessarily accessible mm. and so engaging with people in that sense and I do try to do that every now and again when I can I just I don't want it to consume me because it's um in a in in the sense of uh, I feel like it's something that you can get quite wrapped in like a computer game that you're on it so much that it takes away from the life that's in front of you. Yeah. And, I, and I've always been big on what's in front of me and the people in the room around me. I, I just, I, you know, if, if someone gave me the opportunity to send a tw quick tweet or talk to a hundred people in a room for an hour, I'd rather do that 
talk to people for an hour in the room it's just I don't know it's just something it's just yeah it's just how I am I guess but um but I do try I do try like and Gemma helps me with things and and with with social media but I you know I do try to be better but like I say it's I just I guess it's, 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 it's a useful tool as well to promote things that you're interested in or, or promote people that you want to support. Mm. So the Richmond Run Fest, is that something that you are involved in that, aren't you? Or yeah, you're... so Tom, Tom, Tom uh, Bedford is obviously the race director and Jade mm. jointly and they're, they're good friends. They've just they've just had a check kid, actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is really cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, because that was that was not long after Q. I think they told us and, uh, that, that she was pregnant. Had the emotions. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I think it made it even better because Tom was obviously so excited that it was you. Obviously, Tom was race yeah. director that day and he was so excited that it was you finishing first. Yeah. So that added yeah. to it, I think. Yeah, well, because I, yeah, I think I'm right in saying I'm undefeated in Q for you know I said that to him afterwards apart from one I, I think I had to stop because I, that was when my Achilles exploded unfortunately but um the yeah no he because he, again he was great in terms of I was going for a lean patch and he said do you want to do you want to do this race and I, it became a bit of a tradition to go along and do so Gemma, Gemma's uh you, me and Gemma would make a weekend of it go to the festival do the race and um she'd run one of the events and yeah, it's just it's just a very cool event to run, and uh, yeah, I've been I can't remember the first time I got involved with it. It was a while ago, but I've been going back every year since. Yeah, so. and is is that the same race where the prize is to go to some incredible tropical islands, or is that a different one? Cayman. No, that's that's Cayman. So that that was at the la- that was the last one. I want to say that was the last one pre-COVID. Yeah. So it was it was it was hilarious because. Yeah. Uh, he said are you doing it and I said yeah he goes um we've got quite a cool prize up this year up for this year and I was like what and then when he told me I went no no you haven't that's 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 not the prize but the the thing about the thing about it was was obviously um so the male and uh female um winner um and we went and I've got to say it was ridiculous like how it was because sometimes with prizes like you see them one on tv and you think i don't, I don't know it's just you, 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 you is it going to be as good as you think it is and it was just ridiculous oh, wow. um and the, and adrian who because tom it was a link between tom and uh, uh adrian who works for the cayman island tourist people and he's such a nice guy and um he they really wanted to kind of um spoil us and show us a good time around the island and and even when I was there there's a few expats there and a a British guy came out Chris what are you doing here you're racing and even because they they, were they were I'm in R and whether it was going to happen just gone and um, a few people reached out saying there's rumors you're coming back again are you coming back are you coming back obviously we couldn't go but um but yeah, no, it's it's a fan. I've, I mean, yeah, it's it's a fantastic place. Like they're they're doing a virtual event to win a prize to go out again. Yes. And um, if anyone's listening and want to do it, I can't. And you haven't you haven't even. I mean, I love how naturally I I wasn't even <laughs> going to mention it. You brought it up, but it is an incredible, incredible prize. And Tom, yeah, and, I've entered. I've yeah. entered. Oh yeah. man, That's I hope you get it. Yeah. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's because because there's. Have you been there or in that? No, I'd love to. I'd love to. 
yeah. yeah so you enter it you, you basically as you know but I'll, I'll tell people listening to yeah you do it yeah yeah you um you enter on the website um I think you go through Richmond Run first and it takes you to the competition page mm. and you just link a training run of a distance from I think 5k to a marathon mm-hmm. um you put your picture up and then that's your entry you pay for your entry so you've done it virtually um you can do it um you know I, I did mine uh, on Sunday um, and then, yeah, you're, you're in the draw. And I think you can enter as many times as you like. Obviously, you have to pay each time. Mm. Um, and then you've got the chance of going to the Cayman Islands. So I thought, why not? Mm. <laughs> I love to do the Richmond race as well, actually. I love Richmond. It's such an amazing place. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the, um, the uh, and I think I said, I said it on my feed as well, because Adrian uh, invited me back as well to come back with the winners as well, which oh, I, was like, you're, I was like, you're kidding me. I was wow. like, yes. <laughs> So if we it might be us going together and running, yeah. the, the race the race is really cool. The race yeah, is fantastic. It looks it. It's so they have this um, the 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 local people have every mile. There's a there's a water station, and they try and outdo each other with what they're doing. And so because it's Christmas, yeah, they have these, and the houses just go to town on lights and stuff. And every water station is trying to, and at the end you vote for your favorite favorite oh, okay. water station. Um, and it's very early and then it's just a party all day after that. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope, I hope you win along with everyone else. Yeah. Uh, we all go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd I mean, be a good, and that would be a good post COVID trip, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I, I suppose if you, you get out before Theo's two, he gets a free trip as well. Anyway, even if the race doesn't pay. Yeah. Uh, idea is that the I don't know what travel yeah, rules with o- your children over two years old you have to pay for their flight so yeah okay idea I, I wasn't I wasn't aware because we, we did we, my sister got married in Cyprus in September so we had to get him a passport and stuff he, he looks like a criminal the way he's just like <laughs> shoulders up but he's just staring like look at the case hilarious but he's um so we got we did we did get his passport uh for that and um yeah, it is interesting traveling with a months old baby, oh, yeah. but we got through it. But um, it was it was only on landing he was a bit iffy, but the, on the way back he was brilliant. He slept. The best yeah. bit was he slept, and the air hostess um, knew me and brought a champ- me and Gemma champagne. I was like, oh, wow. nice. "Crikey, this is this is, <laughs> this, is this is cool. This yeah. is this is this is very surreal, but this is okay. Cool, thank you." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, he was he was a star on the way home, and then uh, yeah, it was all right. But I was a bit nervous travelling with him because yeah, it must be when I mean, you can't get rid of the air balance in your ear. It must be yeah. weird, but um, yeah, it's very painful. So obviously, I'm, yeah, I'm conscious it's it's nearly dinner time, so you'll have to go help out soon. Um, <laughs> one last question: we it's more specifics. Um, <laughs> mileage and sessions, obviously, mm. leading into the marathon with mm. all your sort of injuries in the past is, is your mileage still fairly high and is there any sort of key sessions you remember doing in the build-up to the Kew Gardens that yeah yeah I need to I need to rewind the clock in my mind a bit so so, so my, mileage is um not something I monitor in in and in the moment I, I I have a training log and I'll look back more for making certain I'm not doing anything silly like I'm running stupid amount of miles and I'm not really realizing um, so it's more for, for just monitoring. I'm not overdoing it. But in the moment, I kind of, we have three sessions a week that we structure. And then between that, it's like the run, I, I've always called steady running the kind of glue 
that holds me together between the sessions. And so depending on my fatigue level, so mileage, mileage before, before Q, um, I think I probably averaged close to a hundred, pretty much around a hundred for those six weeks once I got running, um, mm-hmm. which is actually not huge amounts compared to what I've done in the past. I've, I've got up to 110, 115 for mm-hmm. two or three weeks, bring it down, then back up to that kind of level. But, I've kind of grown out of the monitoring the mileage bit now, but purely because the sessions are the things that, that I kind of really put the emphasis on. Um, and so session wise, we used, um, and again, we've adapted every marathon I've trained differently because this is where Alan's very good. He, he understands me and the event so well, we structure the week based around the circumstances of what I need and what's going on that will best complement the event and so some of it I still he's his knowledge and understanding I still can't I can't match or begin to explain because he, he's, he is that smart but we used um sort of a, a Tuesday kind of 10k slash half marathon type emphasis mm. uh and then we would use uh what do we do we did on the Thursday it would be um like a like a low-end threshold well no that's not quite right mid-range threshold for a little bit longer so the 10k half marathon would probably be between six and seven miles Thursday would be more like around nine ten miles kind of above race pace but threshold and then some do you, sorry, do you work to heart rate? When you talk about threshold, do you talk about heart rate thresholds or feel? Are you, so I used to, now I work to feel. Okay. But purely because I've I've done it for so long, I know where my heart rate's in the right zone. Yeah. And and so it it kind of, because one of the things that I found that was happening with my heart rate was it, it, in the early days, because if, if when I trained for my first marathon, if I was a little bit glycogen depleted, my heart rate would give me readings that weren't really matching the effort. And so I found myself trying to force my heart rate when I was already in the right zone. That's really interesting. And that's where heart rate can be a bit, Mm. you've got to be a bit careful with it. And so um, sometimes, uh, so I've sort of trained myself to understand when I'm running at the right intensity. And and again, depending on where you're training, if it's the the terrain, the twists, the turns, I mean, it's, sometimes you can run a 520 mile but the effort is more like five minutes because you've done a series of switchbacks and you just got to trust the fact that you are in the right situation yeah yeah and so yeah it's more to feel when I more manipulate the kind of so in bushy when I train in bushy park again another trap so anyone that's trained in Teddington and bushy park anyone who's been there will know that it's a lot of gravel paths and it's quite running around there if you run 12 miles and five minute mile in effort wise that's worth a lot more Mm. and so I've over time gotten used to accepting that it may say 510 but effort wise it's a bit more if I was on a you know on a faster course or a more clearer course I'd and so and on the Sunday it would be just a long hard run and so I'm trying to remember what I did um but uh uh, da, 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 da. have i because i apologize have i got a quick moment to look it up get it up yeah I've, definitely yeah. of course yeah I I, i'm just thinking um 
uh, these these uh, sessions you're doing, this long run you're doing uh, in the marathon build up, is it all on your own, or are you training with anyone else? Yeah, no, a lot of it was on my own. I did have uh, so so over the last sort of five six years, Scott Overall and I have been effectively training partners apart from when I've gone so in 2018 when we spoke I'd been in Flagstaff and trained with uh, Ben Rosaro and and the team out there jumped in and I was doing track stuff and also um, and that so that was before the, the marathon before the Europeans the track I trained with Hassan an old training partner of mine but when I'm in the UK it's usually Scott and if I if he's not available then uh, him or Gemma would jump on the bike and help me um and so i would say it's getting less and less uh, yeah i can imagine yeah uh because people have other commitments and now we have a we have a son it's 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 getting harder to get training partners but um Mm. sometimes though running on my own i find difficult but it's it's a way for me to um get the best out of myself because like, you, you develop coping strategies and, yeah. and, and all those kind of lovely things which really empower you when it comes to race day absolutely That's totally. um right so i'm just bear with me i'm yeah, sure you can, you can i'm sure you can edit out my ums and ahs as i try <laughs> no, to find no. um so where is it uh <laughs> i've just <laughs> oh geez you look back and read i haven't read this so on the on the 21st of March, on the Sunday, I've just written off Gemma in labour all day, exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> and then Theo, Theo Ball at 2.23 a.m. And did you run that day, though? On the Monday, Monday. I did I did a five mile, and I put 39 very, very easy. <laughs> wow, 39 minutes, five miles, wow. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. That's really good to hear that. I, I must have been wobbly. You were very um, quiet, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's... God, you look back at these things and think, right, yeah. so what... There was a session I did somewhere and I need to refresh my mind because I did it. Uh, where was it? Can you do 16.400s or is that in the lead up to another marathon I was reading? 16.400s? Yeah, I seem to remember reading... Oh, that was that was before my first ever marathon, and I oh, did that. Yeah, and, and that I did that on like the Wednesday before yes. the race on the Sunday. Yeah, it, but they yeah. were they were just they were just strides. They weren't they okay, weren't. Yeah. Um, that wasn't not full on. Which eight uh, oh, Okay, so that was okay. I did, uh, that's not the session though. Is this Strava you're looking at, or is it a? No, it's my own. It's my um, own little spreadsheet of a, a diary that I I keep. Yeah, I don't I have it. Someone asked. Oh, okay, here you go. Here you go. So I did that. But I did something beforehand that that. So I did. So this was. Uh, how long before the race? So I did. So the race was Friday. So one, two, three. So it's just yeah. So it's three. Three and a bit weeks out, I did. So I went Tuesday. I did ten by k off seventy five on on just a gravel path, not on the track, and I averaged two fifty five, hmm. uh, which is fine. Nothing, yeah. nothing to go mental. And then I did uh, on the Thursday. I did ten by three minutes alternating. Uh, which is an, that's an 10 by 6, an hour. 
and I ran 12 miles, just over 12 miles, average 4.59 pace. Oh, my God. That, so that was Thursday. And then on the Sunday, I did... Uh, I did two hour 15 run, two hour 15, and I covered 25.1 miles, but I did, but I did it in a, in a getting quicker. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I kind of, my last 45 minutes, I got up to race pace, but I averaged 522 pace. Yeah. And for my last uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine miles, I was on or under five minute mining which round bushy is not not messing around incredible so that was that week that was 106 miles that week and then and then so that week i did that loaded myself up did another 10k session on tuesday and the thursday and this and this this was the thing that this was the session so this was this was three weeks out it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the session on its own. It's how I felt doing this. I ran, I was just, he said, just run 75 minutes and just, just run hard, like just hard sort of fast. Like you're almost like you're just rhythming it. And I ran over 15 miles or average 456. And I was floating. I was like, I was like, and I'd done that the week before I'd really loaded myself up with all that stuff. And I was like, I, after that session, I rang Alan and I said, we've got a chance here. And he went, he went, his words were, don't tell anyone what you've just done. <laughs> he said, don't, 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 um, don't, because you want to keep these things to yourself. Yeah. Because the other thing about that was, obviously, Theo could arrive at any moment. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, so I got, once I got that under my belt, I still had to do some decent sessions. But the kind of, at that point I knew the fitness was there and I had to just then just buffer. I yeah. just needed to just pad it out just to get me to the start line. And, um, but yeah, so I've read that with you then. I, I hadn't looked back at <laughs> that. So, yeah. no, that. That's, that's Thank perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. I suppose 456 pace is what just sub two ten pace. So yeah, you've definitely got Four, a quick one in you. Yeah. 450. I think for Johnny to tell you exactly, I think it, I want to say it's 208, isn't it? Even. Oh, is it? I think it is because two two ten two two eleven two eleven thirty is or just two five. no two two is is what's five minute mile in two eleven thirty right I is think two eleven thirty so two eleven oh two eleven oh six yeah anyway oh um, so it may maybe it's two nine it must yeah. be two nine maybe it's two nine maybe I'm being generous um, I think I think four fifty five is is just sub two nine I think but, oh yeah that yeah that's why I averaged. it was a typo it was a typo yeah yeah perfect all right chris um yeah again as i said conscious of keeping you we've um gone through a lot but but yeah it's been been good to chat and hopefully we see you see you on the roads in in eugene or or europeans or commonwealth wherever it may be and yeah we'll be fingers crossed yeah Yeah. thank you thank you thank you for having me guys and thanks for um, time yeah, feel free to edit it down to 10 minutes because <laughs> no there's, there's lots of waffle in there. No way, it's been fantastic. Thanks so much, Chris. No yeah. worries. Oh, you never, 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 never gonna catch me. Cause I'm an outlaw.
Never gonna catch me Cause I'm an outlaw